right. First four-person podcast. Just try not to look at the camera. Uh, I'm going to try and do an introduction. So to my left, we have Matt Matthew, former HM2, now a officially a paramedic, and former uh, Ghost Company senior line for the SP MAGTAF. And then we have Jake, HM2, former Ghost Company, Corman. Fourth platoon. Fourth platoon. And then we have Johnny, HM2, former Ghost Company, Third Corman. Platoon. Third platoon. And then me, I kind of stepping stone. There was one person that kind of did a you know, few-week thing at – Golf company senior line, then I took over. I always felt so bad texting you. Just like, hey man, do you know where these med bags are? And no no no. And like you'd have you dude, I don't know what I would do in that situation, to be honest. I'm out of the military and like some dudes texting me about some shit. Just be like, that is not my con- I don't know. That was, that was pretty homey. I, I appreciated that. That you actually responded to my text. Oh, no problem. Thanks, man. So you're out. How's freedom, man? Freedom is a it was a it was a rough transition, kind of. It's definitely smoothed out a little bit, but I feel like I left after what six months after Kabul. I felt I just had a. It just felt very sudden to leave. Mm-hmm. So it was nice. I was in the right place to get out. I got out not because of Kabul. I got out not because of something else, but I was on track to do that even before we left for deployment, just where I was in life, and I stuck with it, and it was good. Hit a little bumps along the way, you know, when I got to Colorado, and but I found my, my paramedic program, went through it, learned a lot of medicine, which was really good, and here I am now, just taking a little trip before I start working and getting back in life, but I miss it. So last we talked, we were on top of the crosses for the most part, you were saying that the paramedic program, I'd say you were pretty advanced as a, as a corpsman, I feel. I don't know if anybody can kind of, I definitely asked you advice uh, about shit, had you critique my, my programs. And, um, but you said the paramedic program was some of the, kind of the most medicine you've learned in a while, or kind of like push your medicine, like challenge you a little bit, or? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, just from changing patient demographics from being four years with the infantry, you don't really see much diseases, really. You're just dealing with acute MSK. Thank you. And just, down, please. Yeah. <laughs> and just Thanks, the man. common sickness. But I got into, you know, the heart, the lungs, the systems, all age groups, learning how to use monitors, learning how to use equipment I've never used before, medications we've never really touched, and – you talked about actually understanding EKGs. Yes. Not just shark fins and like. Yes. <laughs> not just identifying the two lethal rhythms, but. It's, it's the boop, the boop, the bump, and then the dun, dun, dun. <laughs> if it's not that, you're probably going to die, bud. I'm sorry. Yeah. I need to go talk to my doctor immediately. It's It's been fun. I like it. That's I like, cool. I like being the, I didn't, when I got out, I had my EMTB cert, but I kind of just didn't want to be that guy in the ambulance, like come in with all the knowledge I've got from the Navy. Yeah. I wanted to do more, so I challenged myself, and I'm really glad because I don't think I could have t- taken orders from someone else because it's just it's a weird demographic going from being like a senior line and doing so much and then going to just being a bus driver and get taking orders from people that you know that you're better than after a while. So Yeah, plus, like, I feel like 
all right, you have all this experience, but like, how does that translate to you driving a bus? You know, like you might exactly. be, you might be a shit driver. GPSs might confuse you. You know, it's just like, I'm a really good mechanic, but I'm not good at running a business. So like, all right, we'll stick with being a mechanic. Uh, all right. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Thanks for coming on. This is cool. Jefferson Ocean aged aged at the sea. It's kind of a cool little thing. I, I like to. Oh damn, he went okay. <laughs> oh, we're supposed to be sipping. No, you can do whatever the hell you want. All right, cool. I'll sip it because I have to drive. Trust me, we got we got a few hours. I think you'd be all right. Plus, we got some cheese danishes. That's Nutella. I got the. I got the kiddos some some treats, and then my wife's super pregnant. She's like, stop making me fat. All right, anyway, that's cool, man. You did the advanced paramedic, right? Uh, I did an ex- accelerated program. Excel- it, okay, yeah, sorry. My, my verbiage. Um, the six-month course. Yes. That's cool. Um, that's definitely something I'm interested in. I've always kind of had that in the back of my head. But at the hospital, they're like, you can get in the paramedic program, but we'll teach you how to drive. I was like, I'm not really interested in that. I appreciate the. For all the corpsmen transitioning, looking to get into EMS, uh, the one thing I recommend that you do in the Navy is just get your B cert. Because yeah. the Navy will pay for that, and you don't have to deal with like a semester somewhere or whatever. It's so easy to get your B cert in Navy. Um, yeah. So if you're looking at a career in EMS, just start there and get it before you get out. Because that's the one thing I felt like the Navy gave me in terms minus experience and everything. But that's the only. <laughs> Or quad zero eighty four or four. That's the only certification I had. Yeah, not full bottomist or nothing. Nothing. Didn't do no U.S. maps. Didn't. Yeah, do I'll do US so. maps. <laughs> we got beer by the way. If y'all, okay. if y'all want some brewskis, I got mine as well. If y'all right, want cool. the darker stuff. And then uh, you wanted to go to CTM, right? You wanted to be the the guy. Yeah, one of the one of, the, one of those guys. He definitely did. He talked about it. Well, yeah, because. Uh, my best friend Jeff Mays was there at the time, and I just always felt like I was pretty good at teaching, mm-hmm. and I wanted um, just my terms of the contract. You know, I wanted to go to the special MAC TAF with the boys, but we all went to ITX together, and towards the end of ITX, you know, they told us, hey, <laughs> deployment's kinked, and I was just yeah. like, um, yeah, I don't want to sit here for another year. I mean, it'd be very helpful, but I would rather go teach new corpsmen before I get out because it's yeah. just something. I'm looking for a different change of pace, too, instead of just doing another work up to nothing. So... I went, I did my interview. They liked me a little bit, but it's just more leadership. Didn't want me to leave at the time. So yeah. that's understandable, but that stinks at times. I'm, but, yeah, I'm thankful they kept me in the battalion and pushed me thankful. somewhere. Yeah. You would bug me while we were in 29 Palms, just like talking about, it's like, yeah, like when we get back, I'm like an interview, going to be a CTM instructor, deployment's not happening, and you're going to be senior line. I'm like, I don't want that, my man. It's <laughs> all, just all cogs in the machine, man. Yeah, I felt super good. I was like it's fourth. Up fourth candidate for senior line they like pass it around to a bunch of other people first i was like i feel so honored <laughs> so honored um who was it was you and was it chandler or someone else that was trying to go go over there and they said no or i think it might have been chandler as well because chandler's just tiller chandler he's a great dude if he ever listens to this but but he's like 23 and he looks old yeah. At the time. Dude, have you seen? Did you see his cat card? I'm sure you did. Yeah, that back when he had his glasses. Atrocious. <laughs> yeah. I was like, did you do this on purpose? He's like, yeah. <laughs> no, he's, he's. I think he got a lot better towards the end. He looked kind of his age. Yeah, he filled out. Yeah, dude, he looked like a fucking Jeffrey Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, he looked like a uh, tank. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
So Jake, you're over at CTM. You've been there a good a good minute, right? I got there in I think it was early December 2021. Mm-hmm. So like got back from deployment and just like only a few months later I chopped over. And it was during uh kind of like a downtime of Nito or mm-hmm. CTM. There's not any classes going on, so it was just like hanging out, kind of learning like what to expect whenever the class shows up and just doing a lot of teach backs in terms of like what to get ready, how to be an actual instructor and present and stuff like that. Cause I've never done that. That was a part of the reason I wanted to go as well. So I could have that skill base. <coughs> yeah. Otherwise it's been hell of a learning curve. How's that instructor life like that? Uh, Cause that's always the thing I hear about. Like, Oh, this is good. But the instructor hours, I've heard that at SOY. I've heard that everywhere. It's just like that instructor life is rewarding. You do get time off, but like when you're on, you're on and you're doing early mornings, late nights, and then overnights probably from what I've heard. Yeah. a CTM dropout. Possibly <laughs> <laughs> to come back. Yeah. 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 Thanks for outing me. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the hours uh, going there because we, we've gone through, I think, three different curricula since I've been there mm-hmm. in terms of like trying to change it up so that we can have more pass and fail adjust some things as new uh, guidelines come in. But on the off time, super chill, very, like, we're all friends with each other. Like, mm-hmm. this is uh, one of the places that I would say all of us look forward to coming into work. That's cool. Because uh, when we're not teaching, off time, we're hanging out, it's just, like, a bunch of the guys and one girl just hanging out, just shooting the shit. We know who she is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's cool. And we all just just have a ton of fun. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. But mm-hmm. uh, it's great to have that kind of camaraderie with a group you work with. And I don't yeah. have to dread coming into work. I can actually look forward to it because we laugh, like, all day long at just, like, so much stuff. And in contrast, whenever the class is actually starting, <clears throat> so in the off time, it's just getting ready for the next class, studying your stuff, and just doing teach-backs after teach-backs to get the new guys ready and just, like, show them like how you can uh be a better instructor in terms of like presentation communication and i always tell like some of the new guys about this guy i can't remember his full name but his thing on like instagram and youtube can i say that kind of stuff yeah sure is like at ask vin a-s-k-v-i-n-h and he's just all about like how to present to people how to better yourself as an instructor or as a uh presenter and stuff like that he's a civilian or like yeah oh that's cool he's his whole job is teaching people how to be better at talking to people basically johnny can you pull that uh that red thing a little bit i got messed up yeah just pull that tail in until it's taut keep going keep going there you go you're good appreciate it thank you sorry to cut you off there you're good and then (laughs) so on the off hours it's still a ton of fun uh we have normal hours if not kind of early hours and very relaxed, but when the class is on, it's 4.30 mornings, PT starts at 5, and then depending on the class size, which now we're pushing 40 when we can, it's hours that will go all the way to 6. Yeah. And then some night, some days are even longer with certain scenarios that we run. You have night lanes, right? Yeah, we have night lanes as well, yeah. That uh, and that's like not having like a whole day off in the night lanes. Yeah. Still a full day of lectures, and then we'll implement some, like, night stuff for them. 
and that just runs really long and then back the next morning. Um, and y'all were on ESPN for some reason, so that's pretty cool. Also on N- N- NBC. What? That makes more sense. I didn't understand the ESPN. Uh, dude, is that fucking rad? Yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, if you ask me, like, do you want to be on ESPN? I'll be like, yeah, probably for the most <laughs> part, unless you're going to make me look really dumb. I just, I didn't understand, like, the connection between ESPN, the sports network, and, yeah. like, I think combat trauma. I don't know where they necessarily got it from. But it was for Veterans Day, so that's oh, okay. like how how they reached out to us. I'm not sure who recommended us, and I know that they made y'all look good. They made y'all look cool. Yeah, like that was that was cool. Yeah, 100. percent It was really neat for them to be there. They had like a whole entire crew there. Mm-hmm. Where in contrast, NBC was just there because they do it at stops, and NBC there was just one guy doing everything. Mm-hmm. And the clip is still like really good on NBC. I'm actually in that one because I think in the ESPN one, I didn't really make the cut. And I was like, <laughs> well, mom, I'll send this to you, but I'm not in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one, I'm at the very end, tail end, and you can hear my voice one time. I'm like, you mom, gotta, I made it. You got to link me those because I have no idea what you guys are talking about, but it sounds really yeah. cool. I can send it to yeah, you it was after just, this. Just randomly, we got like a link in the chat from Benson. Who wants to see y'all, by the way? He lives down the street. He wants to say yeah. hi before y'all leave. Oh, Yeah, so does uh, Sergeant Hill, if you know him. I don't know him. But yeah. Benson just, like, puts a link in the chat, and he's like, look at this. And uh, it's just, like, an ESPN clip. And I'm like, what? Um, yeah. And then some confusing comments below, but, like, I thought it was cool. I, I think pretty much all haters can go fuck off. Yeah. Like, shit's cool. Look at the cool part of it. But I just didn't understand ESPN, but that's cool for Veterans Day. It was fun. And, like, uh, Cole, uh, uh, he was, like, person narrating everything the blonde dude the right blonde dude. yeah yeah i like that guy he's cool yeah he is mr mustache yeah mr mustache poster <laughs> child alien gen- genetics and everything uh, just go ahead and cut that okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and then y'all have uh y'all have like swick come down right uh no am i there there's swick that it does show up and for like valkyrie no, yeah, there's like random guys will come to help like uh, instruct Valkyrie. Sometimes in it, it's kind of rare. Mm-hmm. But Swick, like Bud's people, will be in the birthing like two down from us because mm-hmm. they do ranges on Pendleton like once every two months or so. Yeah, my buddy, uh, I was either SOI, I forget where I was, but I was you know getting getting along there in the program in uh, the infantry. Mm-hmm. My buddy. I think he was an SQT. We're just like, dude, I'm on Pendleton. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm in like 29 Palms. And he's like, dude, we're out here. We shot a million rounds. I don't know if he's exaggerating. He swore he like, I shot so many fucking rounds. And then like, they're like popping squirrels and shit. I was like, you're not supposed to be doing that. He's <laughs> like, fuck it, dude. Like the privileged Navy SEAL life. Um, and then y'all get to kind of like, did y'all go to Japan? Did you get to do that? I heard, I heard y'all kind of like traveling no. for a little bit. So... We are working on kind of like a traveling thing to mm-hmm. go to some people to do it. Uh, the farthest we've gone right now is just out to 29 Palms. We did a small hip pocket class in a sense mm-hmm. and helping people understand how to instruct their guys for Valkyrie more so. But we also have like some events coming up that we're going to help other. I'm not sure it's, if it's nations, but we're, we're slowly helping others. Mm-hmm. But the Japan thing was we were reaching out, we were taking in other corpsmen from like Japan because they reached out to us, heard about our program because CTM uh, is the only thing 
the only thing like itself in the meth. Mm-hmm. So now they're trying to recreate it. Yeah, because the, the East Coast is untrained um, mm-hmm. slobs mm-hmm. over there without a CTM program, right? Yeah. Just complete garbage. I remember, so I started out <laughs> at Med Battalion over there. Uh, really a highlight. Uh, very boring. Yeah. But I remember they made a CTM for Med Battalion that, like, other people would go through. It was because we had a bunch of senior people that were from Blue Diamond who, like, wanted to go over there and create that. Yeah, it wasn't like a two-week-long program. It was yeah. just three days, and each day was just like a more like a CrossFit-style haze fest in the morning because it was a much smaller class. It was yeah. like maybe 13 of us, 15 of us, something like that. Haze us, and then just knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. Third day was just dragging people and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I, uh, I did a coverage for midshipmen down at IIT over the infantry immersion trainer, like right across the hill. Place sucks. <laughs> uh, I did it back in the Marine Corps. Uh, I don't even know where I was, but um, so like this lieutenant walks up to me in the morning, some guy I never seen before. He's like, "You're the corpsman. You're going to be doing our lanes." I was just like, "I'm the safety corpsman. I should not be doing any training besides real medical treatment." And uh, I was like, "Maybe the one attached to the midshipman." And then uh, I think like CLB showed up, and just like. You just see these midshipmen just like sprinting, 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 and um, just like broke their shit, like rolled ankles, like falling on their face, like busted noses and shit. Oh. Um, I was like, hey, good for y'all. And then the midshipmen went and just kind of fucked up op four. I had like five head wounds, like bleeding from the forehead, like bloody faces. Like my MO was like, is everything okay? I was like, it's just a bunch of dudes like crouching in corners, getting shot directly <laughs> in the face with sim rounds. Everything's fine. But uh, yeah, it was. I don't know, maybe I'm saying not MLG. I don't know, dude. Some yep. some like CLB is definitely MLG, yeah. but yeah, that's how I want my naval CLB, officers yeah. is to you know just head wounds on Op Four. They yeah. should be yeah, yeah, yeah. future leaders of America. And like Op Four was <laughs> trying to be like, oh yeah, I was just like, I know they were like breaking the ROEs of the training, but they fucked y'all up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> these these scared college students, these females that are crying, are just like. Ah! just right in the face. It was fucking glorious. And like, true. I, I have pictures. just like really bad looking. Like dude's like drinking his blood. I'm like, Oh yo, what's up? It's just like a little flesh wound. Like, all right, bro. I've gotten to talk to, uh, some prior CTM instructors from like back in the day, like around 08 timeframe. And they were telling me like back then they would use airsoft and like these other stuff during like night lanes and like other lanes. They said at some point they had to stop and he was telling me a specific story. He just peered around a corner, popped off one, does airsoft, and it hit a chick. It grazed off of her eye shield, hit and like right at her eyebrow, and just made her just bleed, 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 and like caused like a bruising effect. And she was getting married that weekend, so she <laughs> got married with a black eye. Well, <laughs> hold on, poor planning on her part, yeah, because exactly. like, what if she? I don't know. <laughs> I know there's, like, some pass or fail criteria. Like, if you made it to a certain point, like, technically you've passed, but, like, you're not really performing well. Yeah. So, like, what if she got married on an L, you know? Just like, and you failed the course. <laughs> Have fun this weekend. Like, okay, Congratulations you. on your wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy that was, uh, I'm not going to get into it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. Uh, you like it over there? Yeah. You, you're kind of loose with the, the uniforms. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, we get to wear black shirts a lot, uh, soft soft cas here and there. 
it's yeah. Last time I saw you over there, it was like, well, no, second to last. You're like flannel beanie, some like cargo shorts and like mm-hmm. some whatever boots on. Yep. And you're like, I'll bleep my name. You're like, <laughs> and uh, I was like, what's up, dude? I was just like, what are you, what are you wearing? Yep. Like, some days just like, it, man. Hey guys, we're doing good. Just like to relieve the stress of all this extra hours. We're trying to give ourselves as much like small, small wins that we can to be like, it's not that bad of being here. Yeah. I like being it's here. It's pretty cool. I get to be comfortable in pants that I have. But yeah. Job satisfaction there also is another reason of, like, being there is so great. It's because my job satisfaction is close to an all-time high mm-hmm. after, like, come back from deployment because impacting yeah. directly the people that are taking all our places mm-hmm. uh, where we're going. So, like, to see, get better at instructing and try to better myself to, like, really portray knowledge in a detailed fashion and, like, seeing people, like, really catch on and kind of cling to the knowledge is, like, extremely uh rewarding and gives a sense of relief uh knowing like they're going to take on for our guys that we left behind kind of sense yeah hey off the wall question do you remember the first time you met me because i do it was (laughs) it was in the bas yeah so you might have saw me the first time in the bas you were like in brinkley's chair like in one force bas and you had a ridiculous mustache and do you have two uh, warfare devices or just one? One. Okay, you're wearing your, you know, your pin. You got salty camis, and like we're brand new. We're it's like Christmas leave or something, and uh, I just didn't take leave. I'm like, who the, fu- who the fuck is this guy? Like, <laughs> you look like an operator, and you're just like, <laughs> like giggling in the corner. Like coffin comes in, and you're like look at your fucking mustache. And you're like, no, and it's like mask. And you like take a mask. And you're like, see, in regs. And then, I, it's like, ah. We didn't even know you were in mm-hmm. 2-1. We are like, uh, that's some other dude. Like, he's just like, he's someone's friend. He's hanging out. And because uh, we're all fucking new. And then the next time I really, like, actually, I think you, like, shook my hand because I got promoted. But mm-hmm. I didn't know. I think it was, like, yeah, it had to been after the ceremony. Um, Like, some colonel from, uh, or some captain from the Navy came and talked to us. And, like, was that the? Yeah, it was the COVID vaccine. uh, Captain Deaton. Push. And I just remember this so vividly because I kind of got grossed out. Uh, Like, I walk up to the formation, and, like, people are just like, ah, what the fuck, dude? And, like, I stand behind you, and you're just like, and you look at Uh, me, and basically you farted on me. Really? (laughs) And uh, I was like, dude, that's gross. Okay, whatever. I just, I don't know, something (laughs) about you being skinny and farting on me kind of freaked me out. (laughs) On that case, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, you're good, man. Thing. For sure. I'll yeah. say like the first time I remember you, I, I only remember the first time seeing you was complimenting your mustache. Oh. No, that was, wait, did you have a mustache when you showed up? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I think much. what I, yeah. Pretty much Anybody who has a respectable mustache, I'll, yeah. I'll compliment like, bro, I respect it. Yeah. Especially like, bef- was it the before deployment, you're letting it really grow out. Oh, yeah. getting, well, I, like I saw a prime example of like, because I'm a set, dude, I was, I came from 29 Palms, 17, and like, People always ask me, like, what's different about the Marine Corps since you've been in? I'm like, A, I'm a corpsman. B, I'm in Camp Pendleton, not 29 Palms. It's so many years later, and I think I'm in the hood. Like, I think I think Camp Horno, and I've definitely seen it just like, yo, these dudes' uniforms are trash, and nobody stops them. Like, mm-hmm. in when I was in, in 2-9, like, from across the parking lot, hey, motherfucker, get the fuck over here. And you're just, you're getting yelled at. Who's your fucking... 
who's your this, who's your that? Oh, good, you're dead. Like, and um, so I'm I'm kind of like scoping it out, and like our LPO H1 coffin <laughs> is just like, look at this mustache, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and you just put a mask on, you like CHM1. He's like, oh, okay. I'm like, oh well, fucking full send, dude. And then I meet all my Marines, and like, you're a prior machine gunner. I'm like, yeah. Like, oh, we don't give a fuck. Like. Do whatever the fuck you and I have a con, I had a conversation with them. They're just like, dude, you're always responsible where you needed to be. Like, we didn't give a fuck what you did. Like, it always worked for us. I was like, sick, dude. That's all right. So the, the mustache, thing. dude, the gay mustache thing. That's cool. That was yeah. the best thing about just building that relationship with your platoon, and then they yeah. like, know they can just count on you when like they need you. And it's like, yo, Doc's like working out, taking care of himself. Yeah. Like, we don't need to micromanage his shit. And another thing, like. We tried to push it for Sailor 360 when there was a certain jockey-sized uh, HM1 pushing it to try and pick up Chief. And like a uh, big jockey or little jockey? Someone that would fit on a horse real good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's trying to he was trying to fluff up his brag sheet, and uh, we were pushing so hard for like our lieutenants to just be like, no, nah, our corpsmen are our corpsmen. They're not going to Sailor 360 on Sunday in Kuwait. And we lost. They, they kind of... They politically folded, and they're just like, ah, you know, go ahead. I just love that a uh, Sailor 360 is supposed to be entirely voluntary, but people <laughs> make it seem like if you miss it, you're going to get crucified. So that has always been my logic towards Sailor 360. We got we got threatened. Oh. We got threatened, like, pretty much immediately because we showed up late in civvies with hats. <laughs> oh, not, <laughs> not the hats. Yeah, and, like – they pulled us to the side and like, why were you late? I was like, I didn't think it was like a hard start time. Like it's Sunday. This is our one of our two days off. It's like Sunday and Monday. And like, no, Saturday we would have like a light day. And then Sunday was like our truly only day off. And like, hey, guess what you're doing? You're doing Sailor 360 PT and then Mando Mando training at the BAS, which is like a click away. And like, this is awesome. <laughs> They pulled me aside multiple times. They're like, do you just not like us? Like, what's your problem? I was like, no, nah, yeah, you're on to something. But, like, <laughs> I hate it here. Uh, I, I had a rough, I had a rough, uh, I lost my, anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah. They anyway. use those, like, the Sailor 360 stuff, the, our leadership. They, they just kind of use them as, like, so they can just, how you're saying, like, beef up their brag sheet. Like, yeah. It was so really, apparent. They don't really care about that. Mm-hmm. And it's for the E6 and above and not yeah. for the E5 and below. Yeah. And that's Johnny, the, pull it a little closer. That's the part that kind of, like, gets me sometimes because, like, I just try to be focused on more, like, hey, we need to be training medicine, 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 just because, like, that's what I got from, like, when I first got here and, like, how Garcia was just always about that. Like, hey, like, respect your craft. So I always mm-hmm. looked up to that part. But, yeah, like, I'm always just, like, medicine, 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 and they just, like, shoo you off, like, Oh, we need to do these collaterals and all this stuff. I'm just like, all right. yeah, that was that's one critique. I think he's a great dude, but I just remember I'm not gonna say his name. I remember there was a certain t- HM2. And I was like, I need this, this, and that. We need to get this shit pulled and like ready to go because we we're on we're on like a standby to go. Like y'all aren't going to Afghan, and I just remember like burned in my brain. I was just like, that's great. Can we just do our jobs here and, like, get the equipment ready that my platoon has requested? And he's like, okay. And then when I went to go pick it up, like, a certain big ogre uh, was just like, you sure you're supposed to be taking this? And I was just like, hey, guys, I know y'all, I'm not well-liked, but, like, just let me do my fucking job. 
I remember when we got the heads up in Jordan, they're like, hey, we might be going in in X amount of time, just be on standby. And I started pop- packing a little Amol. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know where pe- this is going. people were just like, you don't need that, dude. Like, you, you're not going to understand. It's like, dude, if we're by there, like, we need to make a company aid station if we're by ourselves. Yeah. Like, we're carrying barely enough to treat two patients. Like, we should be able to resupply. We're going to be in a hard structure. Like, let me get this Amol packed for everything we might need to deal with, like, yeah, you know, all the refugees. And they're, you know, certain H and one, the only one in Jordan was just like, yeah, you're not gonna need that. And I was just like, and boom, we got like basically <laughs> yeah. the warno, like, hey guys, we're going in an X amount of hours, like the sh- shit's real. And I was like, good thing I packed that Amol, and you know, he gave credit where's credits to on the on the mountain last week and on Abbey Gate. If you went <laughs> to that little inner gate proper where the little single room were young and a lot of the dudes hang out, yeah, yes, yeah, you, you kicked down that door. Yeah, right? I created I created that <laughs> on accident. Yeah. yeah. That green box, that was me. Yeah, yeah dude. So I've 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 said this over and over again. Like you and Young were like vital players to the Corman because our senior line, due to Manning and bullshit COVID, one of our guys left. And so they 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 had a eighty ones needed a Corman. Mm-hmm. So our senior line went from like this person we can like check in with get supplies from, get the get the lay of the land to a GP dude that, like, I would see it, like, literally just, like, walking by, like, hey, guys, just like, yo, what's up, dude? And so we didn't have these key leaders for Corman, like, hilariously. I don't know if it's hilarious, but, like, laughably. Especially when, like. They left every, every medical, you know, yeah. our, our chain of command behind. Yeah. And the highest ranking guy from us is you and then young was yet to pick up right yeah so, i think i might have been the most senior yeah in terms of rank i was an e5 amongst yeah. the front but it's just that they left our idc they left our pa they didn't bring our mo they didn't bring like, one provider which no if we set up an inner cordon and we had a tent or just some place yeah. that we could take people to instead of burdening the stp like and then for me i didn't have anyone to key into so like i remember running into duffy and he's just like, he had a heat case. He's like, let's get him to the STP. I was like, what? They're like, shock trauma platoon. I was like, we have that? And then Young <laughs> Young is like, we're getting formula and boots and diapers down here. I was just like, we can do that? Like, I didn't have, you know, my, I have a sergeant and a lieutenant. And yep. whatever they tell me, that's all I know, you know? So I was just like, you got, you, you and you were two people are just like, we have these supplies. They're right here. I'm just like, oh, dude, thank you so much. Oh, my God. I need all of this right now. Well, I didn't know that we even had an STP until, like, two, three days there. Same. And, yeah. like, some random, like, I think it was, like, a sergeant major from, like, the Mew came up, and he was just like, hey, there's an STP, like, a mile and a half down the road. And I was like, what? That was uh, the special MAGTAFs STP, because yeah. you've worked with those people when you guys were in Djibouti, right? Yeah, because okay. we had their uh, flight corpsman. We had their uh, Djibouti. Yeah, their like in route corpsman attached to us. Yeah, for the trap stuff. So, yeah, she yeah, was, it's she just was good. It's crazy how there was a. I'm just gonna say there was a naval officer not with us, not with Pendleton staff that was appointed a med planner for the entire operation. Sick med plan, you know. When we took our guys to the roll two, and I was telling them about zap numbers, and they're just like, "What is a zap number?" And I'm just like, "This is how we track our patients." Like, so that's our, sorry. It's just yeah, it's just one of those moments that there's some guy that was an. I met him because I was there looking for our casualties that night. 
And I was like, hey, sir, like, we got these dudes. And he just had no idea what he was doing. But he has the title of medical planner for the Neo. And no one's on the same page. So sick med planning. like. So that's when, it, that's when like, it's when I feel like the egos of an officer, the egos of a, a doctor can, like, really conflict with, with shit. Um, our MO's on her way out. I don't think she'll see this. I don't think she's a bad person. But she definitely has an ego. And, uh, it's my first medical welcome to the world of medical medicine was in an ER in Fort Belvoir. And I remember like misspeaking and like saying something to an officer and like going back and apologizing. She's like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't even hear like, like you need to drop your like scared Marine Corps customs and courtesies. Like, don't lose your mind. This is what I always tell my boots. Like, don't lose your mind, but, like, I'm an approachable person as a corpsman. Mm -hmm. We don't want you to be scared in this environment to speak up and come up with a better way or stop us before we, like, cut the wrong thing, you know? If you see something, say something. Be a part of the team. And I think that comes from, like, scalpel, scalpel, you know? Like, and just being nice to that person, you know, the the surgeon in the civilian world and their, their tech, like, handing them, like, instruments and not being a dick and working together it's like um but that ego just like oh i have this title and then not expecting anything to happen which is like i feel like especially in medicine like you gotta prepare for like bad shit to happen i feel like that is our mantra we prepare for the worst but most of the time it doesn't happen preparing for a crisis that may never happen luckily we took it upon ourselves to like really train our dudes and like just like really care about like the stuff that we're doing with medicine yeah. and having that faith all in each other and be like, kind of like almost like a slight competition, you know, it's just like, yo, I know he's like, he's really good at medicine. Right. And I was like, damn, what can I do to be a little bit better than him? Or what can I do to like pick up little tricks that he knows that I can add to my toolbox. And it's just like some people just, I don't know, especially like they just think they kind of know it all sometimes a little bit, mm-hmm. but just having that faith in each other. And then I think we like put that, put that into our Marines and mm-hmm. they just like really just brought us in and like had that full faith. Like doc's going to be there when I need That's him. sick. So. Also when, when I showed up a senior line to golf, they're like, we need some, like, we need some fucking pipe hitters. You understand? We got fucking doc Torres. He's like, it was a uh, Ma- Mazak. He's like, dude, I need, I need the Soviets. I need the Torreses. I need the fucking Atlases, dude. I need to be able to. He's telling me they had to like pull Soviak off of like some like. She's like, no, you're not one man, motherfucker. You're a corpsman. <laughs> um, yeah, I just give props to you for that. Just being that dude that always seemed down to do the shit with the Marines and then oh, fucking. Yeah. Well, like on my point of view on that is just like, I guess like the more aggressive I am. I guess the better position I put my Marines to, Marines to be more safe. Cause like if it gets to the point, like I'm just, I'm going into mm-hmm. just like the more aggressive I can be, I'm better at asset to them yeah. instead of them having to worry about me. And then like, Oh shit. Like we need to put doc at the back of the stack. Like not fuck mm-hmm. that. I'll at least want to be one, two or three. Yeah. <laughs> I think the best job and as a Navy corpsman is being a platoon corpsman. You literally get to hang out with your friends, shoot guns, hike, you're responsible for 20 some guys and yeah. you get to just, as long as you're responsible, you can keep up. They'll love you. And I yeah, absolutely, yeah. it's so fun. Like, it's yeah, it's not a bad gig. <laughs> it's not a bad gig at all. As long as you have a medical head 
on your shoulders and you're able to keep up and not be a liability. Like, yeah, they will just support oh, you yeah. through absolutely anything. And just, I'm just honestly like attempt to kill people for you. <laughs> I remember being at uh, the end of ITX when we we're doing the, uh, the Marine Corps birthday <clears throat> and we're out there just freezing our asses off. And we're like, just not happy that we were oh, forced yeah. to be there. It's like, everybody gets a beer. I don't give a shit. Because it's like I'm 10 cold. degrees, and we're there yeah. with just normal gear. We don't have a cold weather issue, yeah, and we're freezing. Like one hot dog and one hamburger apiece. Just had to sit in the dirt. Right. I remember just sitting there, and I was sitting with, uh, I think, like, one of my guys was Wolf, and, then like, some other guys. And I remember, I think it was Tiller, came over and, like, said some kind of, like, funny joke, making fun about something about me. I have no, I can't even remember what it was. And then, like, I chuckled it, laughed off, because it's been said to me a million times before. He walked off, and then Wolf leaned into me. He's like, do you want me to fucking kill him? <laughs> and I was like, no, it's good. It's good. He's like, are you sure? Like, that was, I was like, no, it's good. He's like, okay. Goes back to you. Yeah, I, I had that same experience. So I had uh, Sergeant Rambo, Sergeant Rod, and Sergeant Weldon, and, like, Weldon was the only one that's like kind of close to like senior to me, and I'm I, I never pulled like dude my machine gun <laughs> my machine gun knowledge has like far far gone and these dudes are so well trained, mm-hmm. but um I still had like a couple years on his enlistment, and they I was just pretty disgruntled and like people are giving me shit at the BAS, and like one day like two of them needed to go to the BAS. And they just, like, walk in. They start, like, flipping shit over. And it's like, hey, who are you? Are you? Yeah. Him? I'm like, nah, dude, leave. Please leave people alone. They're like, dude, we'll fuck, we'll fuck people up. Like, hey, fuck this place. And I was like, yeah, 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 chill out, chill out, chill out. Like, we don't give a shit. We're fucking sergeants, bro. I'm like, oh, okay. Ooh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry Ooh, for Ooh, you're so tough. <laughs> yeah, but, like, what is what is a medical, like, what is an HM1 going to, like, yell at a sergeant? Like, yeah. all right, thank you, person. Thank you. Thank you, Corman Raw. All right. Yeah, we're always here. We're just the enablers, you know. Yeah. I'm ready to walk in and be like, I need to talk to the medical officer. It's like, no, Lance Corporal. Yeah. You, you don't talk to You should never talk to <laughs> yeah. a medical yeah. officer. He needs to sign my package. That's due today. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not happening. Oh, dude, I deal with that every day in tracks. It's like some dude just. Like, how long have you had this package? <laughs> right. A month? There's the last day I can get it signed off. Hey, they roll in up? so entitled, dude. Yeah. Where's the MO at? Like. No. One yeah. dude, one dude rolled in in civvies during like Thursday Mando Mando training, like knocked on our door or maybe even opened the door without us like telling him to. Just like pops in in civvies, he's like, "Hey, I need to get my final physical signed off." And like, "When are you? When are you getting out?" And I was like, "Hey, man, we're in training." And like, people kept trying to help him. And he's like, "I've been out for sixty days or something." <laughs> and I was just like, "Hey, man, we're in training." He's like, "I have to get this done. It's an issue." And I was just like. We're in fucking training, dude. Close the door. He's like, this is the only day I have. I'm like, I don't give a shit, dude. Like, you're an asshole. Like, how do you how did you pull that one and get out? Like, dude, I was I had to track dudes down for PDHRAs. Oh. And I was calling dudes on like terminal and shit. Just like, how did you get past us? You're like, yeah. I don't know. It's like, so I surmise that someone hooked you up and it's like, yeah, dude, peace out, homie. And like I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but like you didn't do what you're supposed to do, and now I'm now I'm asking you to do what you do while you still get paychecks. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, oh. I'm like, get on the internet, <laughs> fill out a survey, call me back, tell me if you have high blood pressure. That's all I need, dude. <laughs> oh, 
right. Doc, I forgot my password. I was like, bro, you did this six months ago. <laughs> what do you, did you not write it down? I did, but I don't know my password. I'm just, oh my God. I still don't know how to do a PHA on my phone, but Dude. apparently the Marines can figure it out. Uh, I don't know. It's a, <clears throat> being a corpsman is a good life. And uh, that, that guy, man, I forgot his name already at the top of the uh, crosses. Holly's buddy. Oh, Cardona. Xavier Cardona. Yeah, he he wants to become a medic, a corpsman, and he was he was texting me for a little while before I actually ever met him, and uh, he's like, "How is it?" I was like, "Dude, it's it's not a bad gig," and especially being a prior machine gunner infantryman, like, dude, I don't live up to the hype people give me, but they're just like, "Oh, dude," <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. "Like you were in." You were in, like, Afghanistan? I'm like, yeah, it wasn't that, like, it wasn't anything crazy. You're like, oh, that's so crazy. And then I, it kind of clicked when, like, I found out my sergeants have been on, like, five 31st Mews. I was just like, what? And, like, year, uh, year or so after I got out, they just, they, sh- they shut the shit yeah. down, dude. It's different requirements now. Yeah. That was a crazy time, just how you're going back to, like, how you were saying, like, we were told, hey, we're not going. Mm-hmm. And then having to do, like, the the ITX last little thing that we had to do. And it was just like sleep on the side of a mountain for four days <laughs> after just being told you weren't going on a deployment. Yep. Just like oh, gunny Tate talked about that. Yeah. He talked about like before their Finex off, <laughs> yep. they're just like, Hey guys, uh, deployments kanked. And gunny is just like, that is not how you do deliverance. It's dude. <laughs> it's just dude. What? He's like talking about how he like created buy-in. Like, dude, if you train, like it'll come, it'll happen. You'll be the you'll be the tip of the spear, and just <laughs> just like just popped a whoopee cushion right in front of him. Just like, then <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah. all right, but keep focus during this last twelve-hour op. We got that uh-huh. exact, same exact speech from Captain Ball at the time. Same exact thing, like just like preparing, preparing, and it's like, hey, gents. Some things just don't go the way you think they will. <laughs> to be the <laughs> to be a company commander and just yeah. trying to keep your guys in order yeah. after yeah. just bad news. <laughs> yeah, I so I remember I showed up and I was about to have my second kid. Like a days after I showed up, my, my second kid was born and I didn't really want to deploy. I pulled Coffin and I think Ace into a room. It's like, hey, if I could be on RBE and like, brother, you're going to like the most privileged deployment. You're going to <laughs> and um like they handpicked you they found out you're a machine gunner like you're going buddy and i was just like well i had to do my wife diligence and tell tell y'all like to put me on rbe you know, it, it, it is what it is but at least i asked and um so i go to ctm and then we're exposed to covid and like, I kind of roger up. I, I regret this, but they're like, were you guys – I was just being honest. I'm sometimes honest to a fault. And they're like, were you around the guy that had COVID? I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm sitting right next to this motherfucker. And, like, who else? It's like him, him, Solero, you know, Ahmed. <laughs> you know. Name job, name job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, we had all got uh, – Lavasser had already, like, dropped us. And, like, we are already outside talking to – who was the, the big – I think he came from 2-1, oh, the bodybuilder. Tipton. Tipton. Yeah. And um, we're like, we have half the vaccine. It's like, doesn't fucking count. Anyway, you guys are all dropped. And we're like, eh. We were doing really well. Like, my squad was fucking nailing it. And um, I, we find out my kid has allergies. I'm 
in my car, driving it to Texas, driving my dog to Texas to drop it off with family. And like, I get a text, like deployments back on. I'm like, holy shit, dude. I'm in like <laughs> Vegas right now. Like what is what? <laughs> and I text ACE and he's just like, you're, you're not going to be an H and S you're good. Just finish out your COVID bullshit. And like, we'll get you spun up. I'm like, <sighs> all right. But you know, it was, dude, I made, I made it. I was literally like probably less than a month out. Right. Before they told us. Like, and I was on Advon. So that was really cool for, you know, my yeah, newborn baby. I, on, <laughs> I think that's when like I had the first interaction with you. It was just like when we were like side by side on that tent and Kuwait tent. when they had us saying that we were supposed to be like, wrong. Oh yeah. When I was smuggling you and Atlas <laughs> fucking protein bars. Yeah. Yeah. So we all go, <laughs> we did. I like the guy, but also I understand some, some issues. Like I'm on Advon. He's on Advon. We're both about to go off to our little secret squirrel shit. Right. And, uh, Wherever y'all were going, y'all were supposed to be quarantined by the book. And where we were going, we didn't need to be. And Coffin decides, I I, I understand it, but, like, we have 0-9 every morning, uh, like, sinks with with every corpsman. And, like, like him and Atlas and Torres and me, like, we just happen to be there at the same time. They're setting up the BAS and shit. And, uh... You're at the meeting. Yeah. And ma'am's like, you're supposed to be quarantined. Oh, well, we can just kind of like slough over it. No, no, no big deal. And then like I come out of my tent. And you're just like, can you get us protein bars and maybe some like weights? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> yeah, because I, I was actually sitting in the chow hall. I'm like eating food. I'm I saw y'all playing pool and civvies. Bro, like I'm we weren't chilling. allowed to do that. Like, I'm just chilling, eating food. And then uh, our PMT comes up and he's like, hey, what are you doing here? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like. You're supposed to be uh, quarantined right now, Rom. And I was like, oh, when were you guys going to tell us this? And he's like, oh, well, I'm telling you right now. As I'm like, got a full plate of food on my on my plate. And then he was like, yeah, you're supposed to be quarantined. So I was like, all right, whatever. And that's when I hit you up about the protein bars. Yeah. Studied for like. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. You and uh, that was the exam that did it, right? Yeah. You and Young. That was cool Me shit. Young. Good so for y'all. Was, what, was, yeah. what was your score? Was your. Uh, so I think our final multiple was like 127. I scored like a 129. Dang, okay. dude. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, it was 122. This last one that no oh. one got, dude, like no one, no one in two one got picked up. <laughs> I got maps, so I never that's had to sick, deal with dude. that. I probably would have been a third class and just got it out. I don't, I never studied for a test. It's, oh, sorry. It's not that hard. M- Morphin. I was just like, dude, it's an app on your phone. So they're fucking dicking around on this. It's like, get on Blue Jacket here. And my scores went up like twofold. But this last one, I I, I was, I was, uh, didn't think I was going to take it because some shit with my, my phone. <laughs> yeah, because okay. oh, this was my last time because I had the EP from Alaska, man. Yeah. So I was like, yo, this is like, I need to go hard on this time. Yeah. I was like, me and Young, like, we try to study. At the little MWR place that they had out there, mm-hmm. and he was just like, Young was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be here for like 30 minutes." And then I was like, "All right," so I, st- I probably <laughs> stood like a little bit longer than him. Yeah. And then studied, and then we ended up taking the test the next day. Young took like literally an hour. He just like went through it, and then I'm like sitting there taking my time, and then I hear like, 
HM1 in the other room, like yelling at Young, like, you don't give a shit about this. Like, <laughs> and he picks you it even, up. Like, you're so smart, like all this stuff. And he ended up picking up. And I was just like. What an asshole. Yeah. Young. I mean, Young's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, crazy time. So Those people that are smart like that kind of piss me off. I don't know if any of y'all are like that, yeah. but like. Uh, are you? I'm the last 10 minutes or five minutes yeah, of every same. exam I've ever taken. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm extended time on the ACT, SAT, mm-hmm. like all that ADD waiver bullshit. Like, Sweating bullets, like yeah. you're not going to finish in time. And they used to think I was like bad. Uh-huh. And I would take really long time on like math tests. But I would get like 98s or whatever. And like people think they're smart and they like turn this shit in super fast. They don't show their work. and like uh, taking all the all the time. Like, all the time. She, the, the chief time. is literally hovering over me, like trying to rush me. And I'm like, I would tell that dude something. I'm like, can you step away, please? I just I'm can't fucking read your shit. Yeah, I'm kind like, of fucking retarded. I have good comprehension, but my reading speed is like, oh, yeah, so low. I was in special ed because of it. My kids have, <laughs> my kids have these, uh, these this five minute storybook I read them, and it's like kind of a little like a little bit older, like maybe like 1950s English, mm-hmm. you know, not that long ago, but like. It's a little peculiar, and I'm just like, uh, 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 like repeating myself, You're like just getting up. The, Daddy, you okay? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like I'm dad's dad's at a fifth grade le- reading <laughs> level, buddy. Do better than him. Uh, yeah, I um, kind of like, I definitely saw it with you guys in golf, um, like that kind of competitive edge that, and I I got this from a couple dudes. I can't really spot them. Right this second, but like people that were stoked, like stoked about medicine. Mm-hmm. The dude that's like, I want to be this one day. And I'm this like being a corpsman's a stepping stone. Cause that was never me. I've never wanted to be a lawyer, a doctor, an astronaut. And I I would love talking to these doctors in the ER. Like, what what sparked you? When did you know? Or like when did this become a goal? And I did meet those people that are like, I was a medic in the army, I became a paramedic. And then I just really, really worked hard at the, what is it, the CAT, the MCAT. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I failed it a couple times and then I passed it. But, like, and, and especially for me, when I fail on something, I tend to learn it better. Like, this last exam, I remember so much from the exam. And I wrote it all the fuck down, which I don't think you're actually supposed to do. And, like, it all sticks so much. Uh, H1 told me to do it. It, like, all sticks so much more. But I know I got all those fucking things wrong. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, seeing people that are, like, stoked about it. And, like, one of the things you told me, uh, maybe I, I can remember this. It's, like, I really only need a Marine to establish an airway. No. To, to like, stop the bleeding and to maybe, like, get an IV. But I, I don't think this no, was the last it's one. It's kind of, like, on that purpose, but it's just a Marine should stop hemorrhage. Yeah. Assess the chest, maybe seal the chest. Mm-hmm. And by that time, your your boy won't yeah. die until a corpsman shows right. up. I don't need you to be trying was, to do a needle D or trying yeah. to do something crazy. Just make sure you can stop the bleeds and seal the chest. Yeah. And then when, when a, a corpsman should show up at that time. And maybe, um, fuck, all three of us, well, four of us could talk on this. Like, there's definitely so much. And I saw it when my first time going through Valkyrie. Just the overwhelmingness of, like, the algorithm. And like my, my, cause I, I showed you my thing. I call it walk, walk, crawl, uh, crawl, walk, run. And it was what I taught to Marines. And you really helped me with that. Like, yo, brother, like 
this is what we need from the Marines. You can teach them all this other stuff, but like that's it's extra. Yeah, it's basics. extra. <laughs> like um, super basic. And I remember uh, it was one of my buddies. He was my partner. He's like kind of bummed out because he wasn't because he wasn't doing too well at it. And uh, like I write it all down. And I kind of like get to this thing because you, you'll see it on uh, de- deployed medicine. It's like this box. Is it this? Yes. Go here. Is it that? And I do that for myself. And it is overwhelming, but it's like, um, you know, the basics, the airway, the, uh, sorry, the bleeding, the airway, the, like you keep going down the algorithm and it is super overwhelming, but it's like, man, what is really going to save that motherfucker's life? That gallons of blood on the ground and like him not breathing Mm -hmm. work on those two things. And then like everything else. It, you'll get there. You can kind of slow yourself down and start to focus on that. Um, so, uh, I don't know. As I have to, like, I feel like I'm ESL for medicine because, like, English second language because of, of my Marine Corps, like, gruntness, mm-hmm. where you guys joined to be corpsmen, and I'm just like, I kind of fucking fell into this. <laughs> I dig it, but, like, I think it's really cool when I see someone that's, like, stoked about it. Like, this, this shit's cool, dude. You can actually... Like uh, live tissue, like you can actually fucking save somebody. I've, I've, I've never gotten there, but plus that doesn't happen. Yeah, I have a friend out in Twenty Nine Palms that uh, I really admire how he just like portrays everything because he takes his job so serious that he's like, he's only a senior line, but he's studying uh, how the heart works on his off time, mm-hmm. just so he can like better understand it for when he needs to know that kind of knowledge, and so he can like better tell his corpsman and stuff like that. Yeah, just takes a job fully serious and he's one of the better ones out there for sure i'll take a kind of a a page out of bill burr it's like anybody at the top of the game i might not necessarily want to be that person but i think what they do is cool like pretty much anybody like a a pianist funny word but like anybody you know fucking the infantrymen the trackers dude like I've always kind of liked tracks. My drill instructor was a tracker. He had like yeah, yeah, on his forearm. He's this big motherfucker. Um, I was in the back of tracks for the thirty first mew, which is just fucking hell, absolute hell. Like a fucking fiberglass bench seat, just inhaling diesel fumes, like bopping the, around the desert. Are you still in an AV or an ACV? AV. AV. Dude, like twenty eight people and something that's meant for eleven. Yeah, just. Yeah awful in 29 palms where like they're not supposed to be really (laughs) um and then like doing coverage and like talking to these lieutenants and like these dudes that know their job really well you know and i was like that's fucking that's pretty cool man you know and i also think it's like the pogue that can like actually help me with my paperwork is pretty fucking cool too you know but um i don't know where i'm going dude this is cool i like this how y'all feeling this, this is awesome. Like, okay, good, man. Uh, from the podcast that I've watched on, like, the YouTube, like, watching it, I didn't expect the room to be what it was like. This is a bed. What? Yeah. Oh, my mom. My mom comes in in two weekends, <laughs> and uh, we fold this out. I'll, I'll pack up my equipment. So I just bought that camera, and uh, you guys remember Stanfield? Yeah. Or Cade. 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 Cade, Cade, Cade the, the blade. blade. Cade the blade. <laughs> he was one of the people. I was like, dude, you should get like a far out camera. And uh, before you know, this morning when we found out that Johnny was coming, I had it set up, and it was it was kind of a cool thing. And that's why I wanted to buy that fourth camera to give it like a a far out zoom. Uh-huh. And because sometimes when like 
it gets rolling and we're like talking over each other. I just need like one camera to like capture everything. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, K the Blade, dude. K the Blade. You share a birthday. You do? He's yep. the he's the Oof. great value Whitaker. That's one of the things a platoon of Marines said when they first saw him. And yeah, when he showed yeah. up, they called him Great Value Wit. I don't understand what that means. The Walmart version. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, <laughs> like the Dollar Tree. I think he's a good dude. He's gonna fucking geek out. He's like one of the people that's like diligent about watching the show. Yeah. He's gonna yeah. geek out. I think he's a good dude, but he's not without his quirks. He's also one of those people who's very diligent about the medicine and actually caring. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, I really, once he got back from CTM, which is always a weird thing. This is, this is kind of one of the things like I, I do want to like go to CTM. I got kicked out cause of COVID, but it was weird being a senior line and not having that course. And then I have, um, I have Cade show up and like Ahmed, I have both these dudes that completed the course and I didn't go mm. and like, I'm in charge of them. And so, like, I, I really would just, like, unleash them onto the onto the company and just, like, teach the newest shit. Like, I am i didn't go through it last three weeks. Like, go teach them the fucking – go teach. And he was he was really good about, um, you know, how how he uh, conveyed that. Uh, Cade the Blade, though, old, old boxing champion 101. You oh, know? my gosh. That was so fucking funny that day. You want to you wanna break that down? I just remember – it was one of my Marines, but he had a thing. So we had, like, these uh, fight nights, kind of, and uh, we, would, we would plan them out to the point where, like, uh, one of my Marines, Los, he even made this pretty extravagant on his phone, like, fight card uh, preview of, like, because he was going to be grappling with uh, my lieutenant, uh, and, like, he just wanted to just destroy him. So he made us like this picture of like two faces facing each other with fire in the background, all this <laughs> planned it out. And then <clears throat> my Marine Harmer had a small vendetta against Stanfield because it was one day in the duty hut when the QRF tent for us and he got back in and Stanfield was sleeping in his bed and he's like hey yo get out of my bed uh i'm fucking my turn to sleep and like stanfield apparently woke he was like just go to another one and like rolled over <laughs> stanfield being First a boot. Boy stuff. yeah stanfield being a boot and harmer being uh a senior he did not take that well and all i heard is like he just yelled at him for it and like ever since then like he had a kind of thing against him so he just wanted to go at him so whenever the night or the day came to be and it was just boxing. <clears throat> We're just out there watching it, and Stanfield just went to town on him. I mean, both ends. It was it was a goofy style. Yeah, like, yeah. South Paul because he's like he, what dude Stanfield's like what six two six three. Yeah, he's taller. So 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 was Harmer. Okay, but like Stanfield, he he just kid. He just kept up the endurance. Like yeah. he just kept it going, and he definitely won that shit. What was what was the MOS of this other guy? Uh, he's just a rifleman. Okay. Uh, I heard he was a machine gunner, yeah. and he's like, I took pre-workout. It's like, as like, as like a machine, as like a machine gunner, I got mad at that story. Like, you fucking, you goddamn bitch, dude. But, uh, yeah, dude, uh, Holly told, he's like, Cade the Blade, dude, dicing him up, bro, one, one and one, dude. That was definitely a, a story on deployment, because, like, 
even our first sergeant came down to see us with uh, Captain Ball, and he was just like, he's like, yeah, your boy Cade's out there fucking people up, like, Cade the Blade. He got a name for himself that day. Yeah. I didn't mention guys. Well, they're out. So you just got back from uh, 31st Mew, dude. 30 worse, bro. Yeah, it was definitely uh, a little mine. You know, just coming. I mean, back he's gonna come back in. So, <laughs> fuck him, dude. Just trap him definitely out. a little mind trip. Just coming back from, you know, probably one of the for your first deployment, one of your worst deployments. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, getting chopped over to another whole battalion where you got to leave your guys. You know, that you just build all this. You know. Um, relationships with and stuff like that and then being told you know now nah, we're not going to extend you for the next deployment with us um, and then going with this new battalion and it's just like seeing like I mean I don't really care because it's just like seeing like the the care that they don't have for the medicine mm-hmm. it's the part that kind of like pissed me off the most because you know me being told like hey we want you to go over there you know, like, kind of, you know, teach up these newer guys about, like, you know, what could happen and being prepared and stuff like that. So you're trying to implement all these things, and then, you know, you do, like, a final field op with them, and then seeing, like, hey, uh, they freaking, they called a mass CAS, you know, because we always train, try to, you know, train for the worst. So they do a mass, they say, hey, we're doing a mass CAS, and, um, they decided to put, like, it's six corpsmen, right, two pr- two providers, an IDC, um, and then they give us four patients. I'm just like. <laughs> That's not mass cast. Yeah, so I'm, like, <laughs> looking around. I'm like, you look up the definition of mass cast. Yeah, so I'm like, this is not a mass cast. Like, we don't even like need that. providers for this. <laughs> and so that, that kind of just, like, put a bad taste in my mouth. And I'm, like, you know, screaming and yelling, you know. Nicely, but I'm just trying to say, like, yo, we need to be, like, training more this way, training more this way, and then just always getting that cold shoulder to where it's like, all right, you kinda, after a while, you kind of just, you know, step back a little bit and just, like, yeah, hands off. But Yeah, it's, dude, I, I felt for y'all, especially my boy, my boy, because he was under me, and I, I had to yell at him. <laughs> he was not, he was not doing the right thing. But uh, he was also not not speaking up about some things that he needed to address for himself. Yeah. Uh, but he was he was like, I'll bleep his name from it because <laughs> he had like a patient at nine o'clock, mm-hmm. and I found out at like nine fifteen he's like an hour away in San Diego at his girlfriend's place. I'm just like yelling at him on the phone, <laughs> and like our LPO walks by, like you good, dude. And, like, I don't know if it's, like, the culture nowadays, but, like, apparently when someone's yelling, like, oh, dude, everybody, like, kind of freaks out. And, like, is everything okay? Um, but, like, just trying to, like, get out, get get the, get the fuck away from it, you know, deal with some stuff. And they're just, like, congratulations. You're going on the 31st Mew. I was, like, yo, that sucks. Sounds like Coco's and uh, Japan to me. Yep. A lot of Popeyes. 
Definitely was. <laughs> y'all y'all clicked up pretty good though. Y- y'all looked like y'all were having a good time. Yeah, we kind of just you know two one guys. We all came over together, so we we clicked up like really good, and it kind of put a target on our back because it was like you know coming in, it was just like oh those are the two one guys. It was like damn right we're the two one guys. You know just taking that respect from it, but it's just like. Yeah, it kind of just put a target on our back, especially with our leadership. But Fuck it, dude. I've I've kind of I'm not trying to like brag or anything, but I my outwardness, my abruptness, I kind of always put a a target on me, and like, <laughs> dude, on deployment, dude, I lost my security clearance. I got pulled out. Of, like I'm sitting, I'm sitting like. In frogs, showing up to H H and S, fucking like little gay ass sinks in the morning, dude. Fucking, uh, I don't think she's a bad person, but Garcia's like telling me to fucking get a haircut and like trim my mustache. <laughs> I'm like, you know, it means something when it comes from her. bitch. You're <laughs> fucking HM three, just like me. How about you get your fucking ponytail a little tighter? I don't think she's a bad. I I was definitely in like a bad spot and taking my anger out in the wrong way. And I was never that confrontational, but, like, I would just, I'd be like, yeah, I think I need to get a haircut. She's like, mm-hmm, I think you do. I'm like, <laughs> but uh, I was just hating fucking life, dude. And, um, yeah, I definitely, I paint, I paint myself into a corner sometimes, but I, I, I usually prevail, you know. I'm usually good enough to make the cut, except for that one time in Buds, but. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> I am staying with the. H1 Castaneda right now over in Coronado. He mm-hmm. lives on the Strand. and uh, Dude, the life, bro. It's, it's nice Fuck, over there. Man. But we, I drive by the amphibious base and the mm-hmm. Buds Complex, and sometimes they cross the street as a giant mm-hmm. orc, and there's just these poor dudes and Type 3s with their sea bags for some reason, mm-hmm. and they're just... It's got all it's doing, got all their dive equipment, just, bro. Just doing the shuffle. I'm yeah. just running between two bases, and I'm just like, man, these guys are... Can tell who's like the senior class, and I think they just they they dropped a new class right now because there's mm-hmm. still like a hundred of them. Yeah, running. you'll see them like they'll run with like eight points. Yeah, and then they'll get the officially like buds has started. They're wearing the green helmets. Okay, so they're still in eight points. The yeah. ones I saw, and then you'll see the blue dudes who are in dive in a f- past hell week, and then you'll see them like after hell week, just like you'll have the the like hurt dudes that are like okay to walk. And they're just like, yo, dude, like you are fucked up. Like I went and brought them all like, um, like creams and shit and like dip and like Gatorades and stuff after I, I was, I was DOR, but I was still like local and like brought them all this stuff and like went, got a couple guys milkshakes and just one of the dudes, he was 18 and he just had these fat fucking ankles. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, dude. And it's just like all fucked up, like trying to get to their rooms and shit. Like, Oh dude, it's like. It's th- it's something they have. Sorry to talk like I know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm, no, a, I'm a bud stud, but like, it's studies show that they have taken like ten years off their life doing Hell Week, and sometimes really? people do Hell Week like twice. Like they'll I get heard about that. Yeah, it's so bad for you, and they've they've talked about how like it's pointless to do boats on heads because it's not a thing anymore, <laughs> and it's like there's other ways to test these dudes and not hurt them so bad. And they just have such like operator fatigue and back problems. Like my buddy was a seal and his, his buddies came to his wedding. And it's like this fucking 
SO1, this hard motherfucker. He's just like, I can't feel my right leg. I have constant, like, disc issues and, like, all this shit. And he's like, I just love it, though. I love fucking. <laughs> he didn't say I love killing people, but that's what he was getting at. Um, but, yeah, it's it's it was a really fun program, but it was 4 a.m. Every day. 10 p.m. You're just yeah. like, ooh. Tuesdays was the long days, but, like, me being the advanced age for that program. I felt it. And then you have some 18 year old running fucking <laughs> fucking six minute, six minute miles on the beach. And I'm just like, I wish it was all you, state dude. track, bro. You're just yeah. Like, dude. I was in cross country. <laughs> Literally <laughs> Olympic swimmers. I, we didn't have any in my class, but my buddy did literally a Olympic swimmers. And one of the guys I know that's a chief was like this hockey player. And, uh, they did their, uh, what is it? Two more. Forget how many miles we would swim in the ocean, but he was like further along. This Olympic swimmer gets to the halfway point, takes his fins off, and then still finishes before this other guy with his fins on. And he's like, "I was a bad swimmer." I'm like, well, you, you made it, bud. <laughs> but it's a cool, it's a cool program. It's like student led, so it's like if the students are performing well, if the students have a good attitude. It's a lot uh-huh. easier if you're on time for all your fucking. All your check-ins and all you you have to prep. Dude, those instructors aren't lifting a finger. They're driving in their fucking jacked up F two fifties, like with a loud phone, like run faster, and like they play some <laughs> weird, like off the wall fucking pop music while you're just. I'm just in the way back. Like I'm fucked. I'm so fucked. Um, but yeah, you have to wake up at like three o'clock in the morning, prep boats. Uh, you know, how old were you when you were there? Thirty. Thirty. Yeah. I have uh, one of my friends. He was a PA for the Buds Clinic there. I was, like, talking to him because I was with him in Okinawa. And he was just talking about, like, dude, for the first, like, month or two, and he said, like, Hell Week was the worst. And what, what people come with, like, just horrendous chafing. And, like, since it's buds, like, all you, all the providers can do is say, like, yep, this is how you treat it. Uh, get back out there, champ. Yeah, you only have so many hours, mm-hmm. hours to go to sick call. <clears throat> like, you can go and, like, maybe get your ankle wrapped or something. But, like... You go too many times, like I think eight hours cumulative, mm. done, dropped. And so my buddy uh, blew something out. He fucked something up, and he's like limping. And they're like, hey, man, you're uh, you're down for this many hours, but you can continue. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm done. He's like, it's, I'm, we're just giving you your options. It's like, Fuck. So you had to repeat Hell Week. Shit. Yeah. It's a fun program, dude. I just, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Wish I got my shit together earlier because I kept, I got out of the Marine Corps and I was just like, fuck this, dude. Fuck, fuck, fuck civilian life. I don't, I'm not digging it. I had a like bad breakup and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and, um, and I was smoking weed at the time and, uh, I just like walked, I have like sawdust from like chainsaw <laughs> yeah. on my jacket and I just like walk into a fucking recruiter's office. It wasn't, I didn't know anything. It wasn't a special warfare recruiting office. I was like, I want to be a fucking SEAL. And they're like, okay. I was like, might take me a little bit to sweat this weed out. But they're like, we're just going to pretend you didn't say anything, bud. I'm like, <laughs> all right. And like some dude called me. And he's like, uh, nah, dude. Like, we don't we don't take prior service. I was like, what? Like, I'm, I'm a fucking combat veteran. What are you talking about? Like, yeah. he's like, nah, dude, sorry. <laughs> and then I, I talked to the mentor who's a civilian. He's like, brother, you get the scores, I'll get you in there. Like, okay. And then like, fuck, dude, like. Two, three years later, I finally, like, get my shit together and start, like, running a lot. And 
I was getting the scores pretty close to what I needed, and they were just like, I know this is hard to hear, but we don't care that you are a machine gunner in the Marine Corps. They have machine gunners, but that's not their only job. That's such a small portion of what they do, and we have to untrain you from what you've learned and then train you the SEAL way. I was just like, and they, they gave me like a hard no. Like depleted, just like in my room at my parents' house. Like, I'm a fucking thirty year old, like twenty nine years old. Like I'm a piece of shit. And then my recruiter calls me. And he's like, "Dude, what do you want to do? Anything but seals." And I was like, "I want to be SOIDC." He's just like, I could kind of just hear him like drop the phone for a second. <laughs> he's just like, "Brother, that's not even special warfare. That's a regular recruiter." And I was like, "Dude, you're asking me, and I'm telling you, if I can't be a fucking seal, I want to go back with Marines and do some like special shit." It's like, all right, dude, let's 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 work on this. I'm like, all right. And this other dude was my age and he's prior service uh Navy. He's like a CB. And like we were able, I was like, well, Department of the Navy, right? He's like, oh, and they like pulled some like some sneak shit and like got me a contract and then I didn't make it. Sorry guys. It was a fun program though. Have did y'all ever think about that uh that SOIDC pipeline, or was that ever interesting to you? Shoot, back in field med in 2012, I felt like I got the little bug right out of core school, but mm-hmm. started running, running a lot, and swimmed, but I was just like, eh. I got married at the time, so that was kind of like my focus, mm-hmm. and kind of just dropped it from there. And I don't know. We need conventional forces out there. Yeah, so <laughs> this... The reason the podcast is called Security Clearance is I knew, like, I was going to lose my clearance because, like, all this <laughs> shit I did not, I was not upfront about, which I should have been. Little little n- note to you f- future military service members. Um, and then it happened. I didn't get my, I, I got my shit kicked back, like, at the worst time possible when I was making $108 a day. Um, nice. But I want to I wanna change the name. I think I'm going to change it in a little while, but uh, RegOps. Like reg up, like regular operator, mm-hmm. what we are, right? Because you go on YouTube and it's Sean Ryan, Navy SEAL, CIA agent. It's Jocko Willink, fucking Mustang Navy SEAL since he was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. It's this Green Beret, this Delta operator, all these different people. And I've I've looked for like conventional operator, all these different things, and there's no one. But who who's the the Cody? The, the master uh, sergeant from MARSOC oh, that started yeah. off in 2-1. On, He's like the up. only guy. Alfred, yeah. Yeah, Cody Alfred. He's like the only guy I've like kind of been able to find um, that's just like, yeah, I started off regular, and then I you know advanced my way up. I know there's a couple corpsmen out there, and I've kind of got on their shit, but they're kind of talking about mostly admin stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this this podcast isn't, to necessarily like talk about H Kaya, that was definitely a thing. I think it's a thing that's under talked about. Um, but like, who were the dudes? Uh, I think it was Lieutenant Hoey. Was mm-hmm. I was out at like one of my first ranges as the senior line. I'm just chatting with him. He's acting uh, CO. He's like, dude, I wanted to do the Marsoc thing, but then when we were out there, and I think you guys worked with some fucking seals. Allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> right? Some people on the SP MACTAF allegedly worked with some SEALs, 
And then when it came to H. Kaya, there was desert marpats and there was green marpats. And the army was somewhere else, and British people were fucking capping dudes. And, like, that's who was doing the work. Yes. And according to other people, those dudes were there. Those elements of the special operation operation groups were there. But they were doing their little, you know, insert, excerpt, grabbing VIPs, and nah, nah, nah. and we are, we are the masses. We are doing the work. And... In the ER, there's a dude, I want to be SOIDC, I want to be SOIDC. He's a kind of a fatter corpsman, and all he's ever known is the hospital. Nice. And I told him, I'm like, hey, man, I was of that same mindset, but luckily I had my brother, who was a 0311 and 14 in 2000, did the stuff everybody wishes we could do, right? You know, everybody wants to join the military to do the, do the thing. And I was like, I want to be recon. Because when he graduated boot camp, my other brother was like, yeah, dude, there's recon. It's like Navy SEAL, so the Marine Corps, and it's even harder. Back then, it was before. This is 2000. This is before 2006 when MARSOC was created. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, fuck, fuck yeah, dude. That's fucking, that's what I want to do. And so I wanted to be a dog handler, but also I had like this recon thing in my head. And then my brother's like, well, you can be a dog handler, you can be a cop. Ain't nobody like cops, dude. In arc. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> truly. I'm like, all right. And so I went infantry. And, like, I had this recon thing in my head. And recon wasn't exactly doing the things that recon was, you know, used to do. And, uh, you know, educating myself further on it, you know, they have the, the two daddies. They have the Special Operations Command and they have the Marine Corps. So, you know, you're, you're, doing, you're doing, you know, cuff sleeves and then fucking... Sergeant Major, who's grandfathered into the recon or MARSOC communities, it's like, hey, Dad, where's your fucking, where's your fucking haircut? We don't, no un, unblouse boots and stuff like that. Um, you know, I definitely pussied out before, before I learned all that shit, but, like, I feel like they lost that mission. And what we represent, a lot of people want to glide past that and be the special operator when they haven't experienced the Marine Corps. And that's what I would tell this guy. I was like, you want to be a special operations, independent duty corpsman, but you don't have any clue what the Marine Corps infantry is like. And then he went to FMTB, and he's like, I don't think I like Marines. <laughs> they don't know what a hand-in-arm signal is for a patrol. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you with conventional. For, I love the infantry. That is the happiest places I've been and been with infantrymen because – they're the 18, 19-year-old short Mexican guy from just up the hill California. But these dudes are running through doors, Dogs. like just no questions asked, humping gear that they shouldn't be hum- I saw a little dude named Nava from Foxcom. We did Bridgeport. This dude was pulling a Mickwick. He was on his snowshoes. He had a 320, and then he also had the mine detector. Mm-hmm. And he was humping this thing. This dude's barely like 110, so good. He went to the point where he just spasmed out completely and took himself out. But you need you need need guys to occupy ground. You need dudes to kick indoors. You yeah. No questions asked. We mm-hmm. we did like a fancy assault on a town once, and they're just like, we need to come through the woods. Like, dog. Like we spent so much time getting lost in the woods at the end of the day, and they just gave up, and we're just like, just rush the town. And it's like, yeah, that's our job. Like, yeah. we rush it. To, we're, there's nothing fancy. We shoot stuff. <laughs> Gun set up. Gun suppress. Yeah. 
the rifleman buddy rushes his life away to the objective and that's that's it you Dude. know you find trenches you find open fields mm-hmm. no, it's not hard in, in my humble opinion there's nothing like a thirsty group of machine gunners <laughs> just waiting for the fucking hasty evac of the enemy from a town <laughs> to do interlocking fucking fields of fire yeah. and chopping up cattle with fucking cyclic bursts. Yeah. Uh, just foaming out the mouth. Oh, dude. Yeah. Something about machine gunners. The 11s dude. have crossed the MSL <laughs> and they just stop and then they break down. And you're just like, dude, these dudes are fucking gangsters. Everyone squirting's the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's all you wait for is guns to get set and then yeah. you hear them overlap. And when you see those dudes yeah. set, they'll be. Those dudes were, you guys are animals. Like, we love oh, it. Dude. Yeah. And like, there's a, that little bit of like, maybe a little bit of sociopathic, yeah. you know? But I just remember like, I was a machine gunner. I got, I got humbled so hard, dude. I went from like machine gun squad leader, just like carrying a 240 with my own ammo <laughs> because we had to break down into platoons and we just didn't have the manning. But I remember my 11s were these scrawny, like white and Mexican dudes, scrawny. And like, they, the radios went down. They're like fucking with shit. They're trying to get shit up. They're trying to get the this dude's fucking packing this. This one dude in third platoon had a sucking chest wound after the fact, and he's just like, "Yo, what's this?" And it's like he's got like bubbles coming out of his ribs, and it's like, "Yo, that's some fucking hard shit right there, dude." And it's just all these scrawny white dudes, and then you'll see the pogue. I don't know if y'all remember the guy that was trying to do a million push-ups in a year. Sure. It was, it was when I was in, and it was I've some desk it. jockey, jacked motherfucker. Had a high and tight for some reason. Yeah, and uh, I remember girls be like, oh, it's a Marine. You, you, you Marines are so hot. And I was like, well, that's not, a Marine. not my buddies. <laughs> my buddies. My buddies are made out of fucking straw, but somehow have, like, extremely strong backs and, they like, never fall out. Cigarettes and energy drinks. They live on. Pizza and Domino's yeah. pizza. Oh, they live on God. ibuprofen. <laughs> Rippets and fuck MREs somehow. Uh, you never see him drink water. You're just yeah. like, you good, bro? I'm fucking, I'm right. Yeah. Coming back from like a four hour movement of just fuck off, and you get back, and like the first thing you grab is a rippet. I'm like, couldn't even like consider a drop of water. Yeah. I was like, you're the reason you're fucked up. That's the biggest thing that always like boggled me was just like, these guys are just nonstop, just. Just straight dogs. I mean, that's the only way I could put it. Like, they're just straight dogs. Like, and they don't get enough credit for sure because they're just nonstop getting fucked on, getting shitted on all day long. And they're just going out there doing it just to complete a mission. Yeah. And they don't even care. They're just like with their buds. Fucking slap a fat horseshoe dip in their mouth, chug a rip it at the same time, and just going. Well, that's why it's like, it's very, I remember one of my buddies, Zach Smith, hope you're doing well. Was just like, dude, I missed out on college. You know, I joined when I was, you know, seventeen, and I missed the co- the frat life or whatever. I was like, brother, we're in it, dude. <laughs> if you're not married, that that barracks room might as well be the frat house. Yeah, and shit's wild, dude. It's a different, it's a different beast. And like, there's pros and cons. You know, you don't want to get graped by some fucking two two hundred and twenty pound fucking juiced up fucking senior, but. Uh, you know, you, you make your way in life. You figure out how the halls of the high school work and fucking you earn your cred. And Yeah, the bottom floor of the Taj Barracks was where Smoke, uh, freaking Page, Spitz, uh, Cheech, all of them were at. That was called Frat Row. Yeah. I, dude, walking in fear as a little fucking PFC <laughs> and, like, walking <laughs> past the duty 
It's like my first first week, and like one of us says good morning, Lance Corporal, and the other ones don't. He's like, what? What? I know I'm seeing your last corporal. I've been to Iraq. Who the fuck are you with? Like PFC Crenshaw, who got a DUI, is our senior. Like, good bitch, I fucking got you. And it's like PFC Crenshaw, we got yelled at by the duty. And he's just like, don't worry about it. You'll pay on Monday. I'm like, okay. That's some of my favorite moments is when you get a boot drop and you see like the most meek, you know, dude boot from the previous deployment, the meek, quiet guy that was just kind of like a bitch, and then all of a sudden new boots come and. He's the loudest motherfucker. He's the guy hazing him. And you're just like, geez, bro, chill out. You're still only 120 pounds. You'll get your ass beat. Dude, <laughs> yeah. my, yeah. Yeah, we, I had that. I talk shit. There's this dude that still doesn't like me. We might be living in the same area. This dude, 6'4", college football player. Um, and he just had this voice, and he was, like, kind of sensitive. And I was like, you fucking bitch, like, yelling up at him. He, this dude could just, like, hammer fist me, like, <laughs> fuck me up, and just took everything I gave him and still doesn't like me because of, like, how hard I was on him. But, uh, yeah, dude, I had, like, three college football players I was yelling at. and like, dude, these guys. And then one of them, like, became a sniper. We would do this kind of fun thing, but I understand, like, later on in life it's not exactly. But we'd go up to our boots and, like, push their nose and they go boop and like he had made it into snipers and i was like hey corral he's like just like staring at me i was like just do it he's like i'm not doing it anymore I'm like <laughs> how the turntables have turned but uh yeah it's a, it's a weird it's a weird thing we were we were nervous about one of our peers uh eric rodriguez which god damn it dude come on the podcast you flake <laughs> He was 80 gravy machine gunner. He was he was a spaz when he was a boot. He would get us fucked up. He would forget shit. He'd be late. All this stuff. And like, dude, is this gonna be one of those one of these guys we have to like separate from the boots because he'll like teach him some wrong shit? And dude, he pulled it out of nowhere. He was like one of the not worst seniors because he definitely gave them like the education, but was so hard on them. And we were just like. Yo, Eric, where is this coming from? He's like, I just got it together, guys. Like, <laughs> All right, dude. I don't know. It's a beautiful thing when it, it kind of works. Hardcore dudes for sure, and they don't get enough credit. Yeah. I also love the the guy that can't assimilate to California, and he's got his cowboy boots and his 10-gallon hat and his button-up, and it's like, yeah, have fun getting, <laughs> have fun getting approached by fucking zero... <laughs> Driving his big Dodge truck from yeah. the 90s, just burning all his gas going. They told me E1 financing. I think it's a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. They also don't get credit for like, the stigma of their dumbest shit. Granted, mm-hmm. they're in there for fucking oh, sure. Dude, I get but mad still. The amount of like just superior intellect that I've met, they're just mm-hmm. 11s and 31s that would just be killing life if they weren't in and are just like, honestly deadly individuals in terms of knowledge and physical capabilities and leadership it's like how are you in dude and I'll, I'll give it i i i throw a lot of shade especially at the 81s uh because they're always they're always doing some dumb shit but like the knowledge of 0341 fucking mortarman dude like damn dude you're shooting you're shooting shit over our heads bro like that makes me nervous, but I'm glad <laughs> you guys seem to know your job really well because y'all are saying some shit I don't understand, 
Uh-huh. You're hanging back. You're hanging back at the fob, and you're just like, blah, blah, correction, right? No, 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 no. I'm just like, yo, that's a bomb, dude. <laughs> you're about to fucking tube launch a bomb, bro. Fuck that. Yeah, they do have that bad stigma over them about, well, like, the infantry are dumb guys, bro. Right. Man, the shit that they have to know and learn and, like, mm-hmm. they could just recite off the top of their head if they don't and get fucked up if they don't know their yeah. knowledge. Like, it's wild. Yeah. I love the, the pride amongst the infantry. Like, any place you go that isn't, like, Corno, Mateo, any place that's just, you know, Grunt Central, you everyone knows that. Yeah. Oh, it's like, oh, the Marines, like, the real Marines are here when we walk yeah. amongst, like, yeah. the Army cats when we got to Kabul, like... They just knew that this is a line company. Like, these dudes are here to fuck shit up. Yeah. And you know that, too. You're with your friends. You're just like, yeah, that's right. We're the fucking. (laughs) It's sick, dude. We were, uh, uh, I was over at IIT last week, and they had tracks op four, and then they had um, infantry op four, like, show up. And, like, the tracker's like, yo, dude, those infantry dudes, like, they're fucking getting it, like. Yeah, dude, they fuck get to shoot some fucking midshipmen. Let's go, dude. And now they look they look cooler with their bump helmets, the thirty yeah. ones, the suppressors. Mm-hmm. Now an infantryman really stands out. Which Yo, is... that was a big shock to me. <laughs> um, so when I was getting out, they were talking about the IAR infantry, fucking whatever the automatic rifle. I still don't know the nomenclature. And then seven. Yeah, I'm showing up, and like Cat all has M4s with suppressors camied out dudes are wearing like gilly over their packs and stuff they're not wearing kevlar covers which i didn't think was like a thing they're like that shit's gay i was the only guy in golf that had a kevlar cover and they hated it piazza (laughs) would be like take that shit off i'm like nah bro i'm special (laughs) we had uh was it the 32s the mvgs the fucking the binos um the IAR was about to get retired. It's still around, but, like, they're talking about, like, you know, this fucking heavy-ass thing is about to get, like... Man, I used to have to fucking run with that You, you humped you, with you, it in you, M27. You're a corpsman, and you had bro, one? Yeah. Bro, they fucked you. <laughs> That's gnarly, dude. They're bro, just like, if Torres dies, at least we could use his <laughs> rifle. <laughs> yeah, bro, I had to carry that shit, but I used to fuck with it all the time because we used to do, like, the nine holes. And uh, back in uh, yeah, uh, Saudi Arabia... And my uh, LT got mad at me because, you know, like the the last nine hole at the bottom where you have to like, you're basically like on your knees looking down. I fucking send that shit full auto <laughs> just through that little small nine hole. And he's like, Doc, what the fuck? Like, my bad. <laughs> Letting it rip. I, yeah, I think that's such a such a travesty. Like you have a 240 or a saw or IAR, like three shot burst. And like, dude, let him feel it. Let him like, let him. Make it a controlled environment, but like let let the dude let the gun do what the gun does, yeah. man. Fucking fuck yeah, but yeah, that was a big shock to me. Seeing all that, I'm just like, yo, what has happened to the the Marine Corps? And then like the way the Kevlar looks with the battery mounted on the on the back for the MVGs, mm-hmm. and it's just like, dude, y'all y'all kind of look fucking sick. And then in Kaya, it was recon shows up. And it was kind of hard to differentiate between the two. With one eight, one eight had all bumps, bumps, yeah, uh, bump helmets yeah. at that point. Yeah, not bump, but yeah, high, high cut, the high, 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 high cut. Cuts. Yeah, um, <clears throat> dude, I started off with the old fucking Kevlar. I had the Fallujah. <laughs> yeah. when I, my first SIF issue was a Fallujah helmet with a little flared out piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to yeah. actually get your MVG mount from uh, the armory and put it on. And 
Dude, I I got I would like at times be able to like get that temporary issue, whatever the fuck it's called, for like the uh the thirty twos. Um, but like truly I had fourteens and like everybody in H Kaya was like, Hey fucking this much until dark, put your fucking shit on and like Doc, where's your shit? I'm like, dude, I see better without, man. Like, fuck, fuck a PBS yeah. 14. Yeah, this is exactly dumb. I'm gonna get a headache and like fall over. Like, yeah. this is stupid. I can't see shit. I Every always... time I would run, mine no longer fixated. Yeah. To like one bump, which is yeah. Fucking yeah. that's worth silly shit. I should just cant that shit up and just yeah. use my normal fucking vision. Like, fuck it, let my eyes adjust. <laughs> I've assaulted a Horn of Mount Town with. No loom. It's like you either had it on and kind of <laughs> saw, or you had it off and you literally were just feeling the guy in front of you <laughs> running through poison oak. And I was just like, this is not safe, like at all. <laughs> we do not own the night. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. W- when I was in Afghan uh, the first time, some little some little kid climbed a post and like stole their thermals. It's oh. like, yo, the enemy owns the night. We are, we are on high alert, dude. They have thermal imaging. We are fucked. And they, some other kid was like a homie, like went out, like slapped the dude, and like t- took it back. And they're just like, thank you so much. We have a bunch of candy and DVDs. Yeah. Here's some pornography. <laughs> Praise Allah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That shit's crazy. When, uh, when did you join? Were you in for a minute? I joined in uh, 2012. Graduated okay. high school 2010, tried college, flunked out, and I'm a Navy brat, so I kind of always knew I was going to join the Navy because my dad was in the Navy. So yeah. that was the option that was always looming. So Damn, dude, we overlapped for a year. I got out in 13, I think. I feel like if I joined in 10, it might have been a little bit different for me. I might have a little bit of a different story, but yeah. maybe things happen for a reason. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think that. I, I, I definitely have a bunch of different scenarios where I like, ugh, ugh, ugh. Um, yeah, dude, even, even like two years difference, if I would have joined, I'd have been like this Iraqi dude that stood post and like those dudes weren't all that helpful to us. Cause like, Oh dude, man, fucking and, like Gunny Tate was talking about it. Like there is overlap on like the enemy and their tactics and stuff, but like Iraq and Afghan are two different beasts. So you take that senior knowledge and you try and apply it, but he always talked about, or he talks about, like, this is what I know, and this is what I can give you, but prepare for it to not apply. And I remember uh, this is back when, like, everybody thought they were going to H. Kaya. Like, Rosetti was like, yo, dude, like, wh- what do you think Afghan's going to be like? I'm like, dude, I I know the Sangin Valley with, like, opium fields and shit. I, I think we're going to, like, a city. I'd... I was I was the same way. I flew into Calf in Kandahar my first time, and I was like, "Oh, dude, it's it's a nice base. Like it's protected. We're gonna be safe." Mm-hmm. Like, and then you see the footage of everyone on the planes, and I was, and then when we showed up, I was like, "Dude, this place is Chaos. the wild west. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no control. There's no yeah. order." And uh, it was very interesting for me because when I was there, we had complete control of the country, like complete. So you you're. Uh you were there prior? Yeah, I, in, I did a role three in Kandahar. And okay. I worked in just like basically a trauma, like a trauma, mm-hmm. and we just took casualties from the outback. But, yeah, we we had control, you know. Yeah. The Taliban were on the horizon, but our base mm-hmm. was money. Like, Yeah. I, I might be getting some facts wrong, but when I was in Sangin, my buddy in the Army, he was a crew chief. Oh, my God. 
my buddy who's a crew chief was somewhere. He might have been in HKIA like back in 2012. And I was like, what's that like? It's like, oh, dude, we walk around base. Like, it's everything's pretty well controlled. I was like, granted, I'm in an MWR with like a tube com- computer screen. But, uh, like, dude, it's it's totally different compared to what he was talking about. I think he was able to go to like a bazaar, like the the market. Yeah, marketplace. In in just his uniform and not like rifle and flak. And I, I, I could be getting some facts wrong, but he's in a populated area where like they're not getting blown up all the time because the general populace will narc that shit out. Like, you know, they're a fucking bomb in that trash can. Like, oh, well, thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. My brother's an Iraqi veteran and like, you know, IEDs weren't implemented yet when he started. And then, wow. you know, that guy got on the news and like, oh, they're, they're building them too deep. You know, they're not, they're not having the effects. Did y'all not know about that? No. This no. army general got on like CNN or whatever news channel. And they're like, tell us about an improvised explosive device. Like, well, you know, they're, they're not very effective right now because they're just, they're putting them too deep and they're, they're not doing the damage they should. And we're actually getting away with these pretty good. <laughs> Taliban's just like, Tell that to the news, you know, Got that, it. that yeah, everyone yeah. watches. Perfect. And then, yeah, and then, like, people are uh, driving over, like, anti-tank, and, like, I think the dog tag and the boot became a thing. It's like, oh, I found his boot. It's, you know, we got, mm-hmm. like, whoa, dude. I don't know. It, it's it's so funny. I actually might do an interview with this dude called Barracks Barber. He reached out to some other people and then, like, kind of made his way to me. And it's basically people, like, sit down and drink a beer. And his main focus is H. Kaya. Yes. I don't know if, again, this isn't all about that. It's definitely yeah. a thing that's a part of my life, right? Yeah. You were there with all of us. All your friends are associated yeah. with it. Exactly. You know, it's it's something, like, dude, I can't talk to my wife too much about it because she has, like, worse issues than me because she was it's in the dark and, like, mm-hmm. one Corman dead. You yeah, know, and like, and she's just yeah. freaking out. My buddy who was in the seals is like calling her like, has anyone showed up to the house? Um, no, no news is good news. Like, and she's freaking out. Um, so I, I, I don't really have that outlet and anybody's welcome to come on here and talk about that, but that's not the main thing. I, I don't want to like force anybody to talk yeah. about anything, but, uh, yeah, this, this guy, I don't know if I want to do that interview. I don't. I don't know Have how. You watched I feel. his other interviews because I know he did it with a snippet. Some of my guys with Sanchez. Okay. And uh, Sanchez and David. went to the sheriff's office. Yeah. Trailer. Talking about trailer. Yeah. Trailer. Yeah. It se- it seems interesting, but um, I don't know. I think there's I'll just a lot of still unanswered questions that th- a lot yeah. of people. Yes. Have. You know what I mean? That, like, a lot of people want to still hear, like, the inside of it and, like, how did, like, how did we get there? You know, there's still a lot of stuff, but I think a lot of people are still kind of a little bit hesitant to talk about it just because some people are still in. Um, They don't know what type of backlash they're going to get from it. Um, So. It's so interesting seeing other, you know, all the videos I've seen of other perspectives of people that I didn't even see out there. And they Mm -hmm. talk about how they were involved and everything and. It's just it's it's just one one of the things I wish I had a clear picture on like because yeah. I went to Austin Texas and I went to San Antonio to go to core school uh, Charles Witts down there he was a Fox Corman mm-hmm. 
And he he left the battalion. He got back from deployment. And he literally left to San Antonio mm-hmm. with no decompression, yeah. no one to talk to. And then we talked about it. And I got, like, his point of view. And it's just completely, you know, it, it was nice to hear his side of the story. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, it's so crazy how it's almost been two years. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting to see people's perspective and where it came from. Yeah. You know, I thought, like, we were pretty much at the epicenter of everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, were, we were there. But you hear all these interviews of people, and they're just like, where the where was this dude at? Like, uh-huh. it's yeah. just, yeah, no one's interviewing any golf guys. Yeah. or it's Yeah. yeah. That's all, all this, like, talk yeah. about it, like, in the news and everything, and all these high important people. And uh, very thankful for Tyler, who's a double amputee, who's really making it yes. known out there and, like, mm-hmm. putting himself on the line, his everything and just telling our story very thankful for him but like he was talking about how like nobody ever reached out to him for like what he saw he had to reach out to other people so yeah people are talking not in a sense to the wrong people because some people have been spoken to but like not not enough and yeah I, respect, I, re- I don't know i respect that like everyone has their way of you know coping and dealing and i'm the same way like sometimes when i talk about it i just don't want to talk about it because yeah. it depends on who your company is companies yeah. with like they just don't understand yeah it really it's really weird it's not weird it's just it's just that's how it is it's 100 yeah. weird so i uh being at ctm uh i wanted to like pass on like some things that i saw and like give a reality of the spec that's what i wanted to kind of like bring to the table so the first year that i was there at the very end of the class i would give a speech at the very end like genuinely thanking those who gave their effort to really put in the best training they could for themselves for the fact of how the like muscle memory actually plays effect and how well the training the military does prepares us for it because I didn't realize it until during it. But I'll give a speech at the end, and the speech that I'll give progressed over time to where I'll handle it better. But I started off in the beginning to extremely choked up, holding back tears. It's very difficult to get through, but I can get through it. So as the time I said it enough, I got better at it. But talking about it with anybody else that was there, that I know as friends, uh, it is a totally different aspect of talking about it. It's more uh, uplifting, gleeful. I'm extremely happy to talk to someone about it. Where on the other side, I will stammer. I will choke up my words. And then something that I think is like really fascinating about the body is that when I'm talking about it <coughs> with people that I don't know well or who weren't there, and, like, look at you a certain way, kind of, like, with not stars in their eyes, or, like, oh, he went through something, and I'll stammer and such. For the next, like, three to four hours, my concept of time is very skewed, because, like, three hours go by, it feels like 20 minutes, or, like, Mm -hmm. 20 minutes goes by. What I said feels like an hour ago. I can't remember half of the speech that I said, Mm -hmm. because everything that has happened, whatever, within the brain. I think that's honestly fascinating. Yeah, um... Honestly, uh, it was really good. I love doing it. He loves doing it. I didn't think, you know, I didn't know how it was going to go, but Gunny Tate. Mm-hmm. Gunny Tate, we've done the podcast three times, and the last time we had to, it was later in the day. It, w- it was late at night. Uh, they already had a couple. I caught up with them. I, you know, as the host of the show, I, I usually try and, like, pride myself on, like, not drinking too much. Mm-hmm. Trying to control the si- not control the situation, but like guide the situation, orchestrating it. Yeah, orchestrating yeah. it. And I got fucking, <laughs> I got trash. I'm telling some like, some like stories I don't really publicly talk about. Mm-hmm. And um, 
all three of us agreed like, hey, why don't we just call it a good drunk and like not produce it? I was like, let's do it again. He's like, absolutely. There's yeah. There's some aspects of H. Kaya that I can talk about that I'm yeah. not proud of. Yeah. From people that, you know, may not be here and but it's just their stories and yeah. like that's what happened. And yeah, we, we all did weird things out there. <laughs> It was hot out there. There's a little water. Yeah. Not a lot of food, oh, and there's oh, a lot yeah, of people. Yeah. I got, I got, I remember talking to, my, I didn't want to freak out my boots, but I remember talking to my sergeants, and I was just like, you think we're getting a ride out of here? Like, yeah. I was like, okay. Like, you? I'm like, I, I'm not 100%. I just remember standing, looking at those planes, mm-hmm. and I was like, if they overrun the airfield, and we can't control this without having to shoot people, like, yeah. They're already stealing our ammo. We don't have enough ammo to shoot at these yeah. guys. Like, yeah, and the fact that you could like kind of like see where they're setting up on the hilltops around the airport. I remember like for a solid like five minutes, like people were talking that that around me. I was like, like we got to hold out dude, here. The airborne is gonna have to show up. Someone's yeah. gonna have to open. This is gonna this be possibly really bad. Yeah, um, yeah. That was that was definitely. I, I, I kind of kept that pretty close to the chest, but there was definitely, like, in my... Because, you know, I even talked to our first sergeant, like, yo, are are we burning our shit? And, like, once that... That was a little bit of toxic word that got out, because I remember just, like, yeah. gas masks at our staging area were just, like, thrown all the fuck around. And, like, one dude, he was a radio operator, was like, I don't give a shit, I'm burning it anyway. I was like, that is such a terrible <laughs> thing to think about. Like, because you're... We didn't, and then... <laughs> And then you just be like, oh, dude, I have some fucking serial number that doesn't match, and I have to, like, do some, uh, you know. Uh, but um, I remember, like, day two, we occupied Abbey. And when did y'all get there? I'm sorry. I don't remember. Uh, last one. Yeah, we were, like, one of the last. Really? You guys were, like, holding the airfield. But when we showed up, we, went, we just went. We weren't holding the airfield. That, uh, was, that, was, that was what we were told. We were told we were going to be staging vehicles, guns facing the fence, like, you know, and, and the army was going to be doing the passport thing. Oh boy, were we wrong? Yeah, that was one of my pet peeves, dude. Like they're like, "Your guys are going," and then they're like, "Like, why are we not going? Like, that where was... where are all our assets at?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, they pulled all the C-17s out of country due to the drawdown." And you're just like, "This is this is ridiculous." Yeah. Like we're supposed to be. You're watching the news. They're like two one. All these extra troops are going in, and we're in Jordan. We're like, we're we're right here. Like we're still waiting for. Yeah, LA. extremely frustrated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well. So that was second episode with uh, Gunny Tate. Like, we really get into it, and I take everybody at face value. I think he's telling the truth. He just talks about, like, basically sneaking his guys onto the plane. He had got kicked off multiple times, and eventually, like, they went through the side door of the C-130 and, like, made eye contact with the Air Force dude. And it's like, hey, you see us? You see us? The painted rifles, the suppressors, the tattered camis, like you need you need We're the shooters. Typewriter over there. Uh uh. And they're like, We got you. And they tried to kick him off again. And uh, the Air Force is like, No, this is this we're tracking. And like basically snuck people in. Like my gunny got kicked out in twelve hours because he's just like popped on Avon flight, showed up, got the scope. Got caught by the BC and like get the fuck out of here because he had a kid on the way. He's Advon back home, which he was around for like a few weeks after he could have. I don't know. And uh, it was it was so hood rat yeah, out mm-hmm. there. We none of that shit made sense. It was just like that was us in Kuwait, fucking like, piss poor planning. Like yeah. literally, like 
last minute word, I guess. It's just like, oh, you guys going? You guys are not going? Because the whole deployment, we're, t- we're getting told, like, oh, don't even worry about that shit. Like, we're not doing any <laughs> yeah. of that. Like, all right. There's a sure. 5% like, chance yeah. that we are going, gentlemen. Yeah. Two weeks late. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gentlemen. I think we went up to uh, out those. Uh, when we got to Jordan to meet up back with you guys. We went up to K-Sodic, and we're just in there fucking, you know, doing the little shooting package, whatever, doing some training. And then our leadership comes. It's like, yeah, guys, like, literally just told us, like, all right, you guys are not going. An hour later, it's like, yo, we have to go back to start planning shit. I'm just like, all right. And then cut our training short. We're back over there fucking getting our shit together to go. And I just remember, you know, 19 19 hours, we're back. We're on a fucking C-130, and... I can't sleep. I check my med bag over a hundred fucking times. I'm just like, all right. trying to give us a bunch of fentanyl and uh, ketamine. And they're oh, like, you dude. want all this fentanyl? I was like, no, like, and you want morphine? I was like, no, no one's trained us how to use morphine. We're not carrying this. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, we'll take the ketamine. We'll take the stuff we're trained to use, but don't be giving us narcotics that we I, don't. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, there was, there was some, uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go over this once, once they come on the podcast, but I even like, re went over it with Benson because though I, <laughs> though I had lost my security clearance, they're like, and this person come to the BAS to get narcotics. I'm like, okay. And I show up and my co-corman's not there. You know, I have a co-corman and they're like, all right, you two are fucking responsible. I'm like, well, <laughs> me? All right, cool. That's too much credit. And it's like Benson and the MO, and I feel like, like Chandler or someone, and they're like, these are your narcotics. This is like fucking, this is your SL3. This is, exactly. this is, this is a serious, and I had, I had already been issued narcotics, and, uh, but they're like, this is a serious issue. Like, this is, you need it, use it. You're trained. Mm-hmm. But like, this goes missing, like, this is your ass. I'm like, all right. Like, the plan is, and I'll go over with him again because I'm, I remember this very vividly. They're like, bleep. Uh, <laughs> this is Cat Blue's narcotics. Once you get there, ma'am will be there or a provider. Will, and I remember ma'am. You will link up with her, and then she will divvy it to both of you. I don't know why we did it this way but this is both of y'all's narcotics. I'm like, okay. Like same thing with you, other Corman. And so I get there and I, I might cut this. This is something I, I definitely like, this is hard for me. And this is something like that bothers me about like not completing CTM. Cause this is something you'll harp on, like never leave your fucking med bag. So we're at the inner gate. We're getting the walking wounded. And my other Corman knows I, I should have been more clear, but I remember telling him like, "Hey, my med bag is right there. It's got the stuff in it. You know, mm-hmm. you need it. Grab it. We'll, we'll share this." And like everybody's treating everybody. Gonzo gets like a head wound to a baby. Like, oh fuck! Like I'm treating with Miller, the guy with the ball bearing through his shoulder. And he's like, "Did I get shot?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I think so, dude." And like cutting camis off someone. And then I think I see a cat red Corman run off with a litter. And we had, we had gotten used to staging our right. I mean, we're treating people in a, in a, like a. Yeah. Controlled area. And I had staged my rifle, my Kevlar and my pack all right there. I'm I'm treating people. And I think I see this dude run off. 
It's like, he's going, I'm going. I run away without my rifle, my med bag, or my Kevlar. And, like, that's something, you know, I got, I, I got to these people. It was four of them. And I just remember doing a sternum rub on one of them. And just, like, saying, fuck no, fuck no. And, like, the only thing I could think to do was next echelon of care. So I'm like waving down the the luggage wagon, Casper, and I run into you, and you throw me a needle D, and I put it in them, and but like that whole like not having my med bag like I've I've had to talk to dudes about it like, and y- y'all can be brutal, it, it's fine, but like that is just like one of my biggest like woulda coulda shoulda like fuck man like I failed as a corpsman not having those supplies. Could I have done more for those dudes? Yes, and maybe. But would I have made a difference? I don't know. But in that instinct, I saw I saw a co-corman run off alone. And I was just like, fuck now, dude. I'm going with him. Turned out to be not the corman. <laughs> it was some it was some other guy, but um I I, I don't know. That 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 trips me up pretty hard. Uh, I don't like to talk about it. I might cut this fucking clip, but like I, I don't know, dude. I don't have much to I say about. Honestly, I don't think yeah. it wouldn't have made a difference yeah. for that individual. I was there also. If you remember, you remember me at that time. No. Yeah, we 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 handed him off to you, but uh, I have a same scenario that I were you. There was a group of us that did a a group call podcast. I remember it was me, Sanchez, Serrano. Remember who else was on there? But it was with for a Northern Res- uh, yeah for yeah, I was there North uh, North American Rescue with a prior eighteen Delta guy. Were you a part of that? No, no. But we like talked about it in there, kind of like similar. But like something I always think about is like whenever the blast went off, I remember it's freezing. Then Gunny Mazak yelling like IED, and I just automatically started running towards the it. gate. Like, without my med bag. Mm-hmm. I think I have my rifle. I'm really not positive. I know I didn't have my Kevlar. And then got some ways away, realized I had to come back for my med bag, started running again, took in Cardona, dropped him off to these two. And then I remember at some point yelling, someone yelling at me for, like, hey, Doc, where's your Kevlar? I'm like, I tried to, like, argue my point in very small words, like, dude, I'm trying to change like, Dude, get your Kevlar. I'm like, fucking fine. I ran back to get it, but... <clears throat> after that, like a, a part of that I've had to like talk through so many uh, different times was for one of the individuals for treating. It was myself, Serrano. I think George was there. Mm-hmm. But myself and Serrano for mm-hmm. sure. And we were treating this individual and I placed an airway but since Serrano was there and, like, other people were yelling, I got caught up in it, and I said, all right, you got this, man. He's like, yeah. I was like, all right, he might need a crack. Just be aware of that. And I left without, like, leaving a BBM. And mm. that was, like, something that has just completely haunted me for a while after. And so, like, the transition of, like, coming back from deployment and going to CTM, the first – probably four classes, just kind of, like, really, like, 
put me through enough to where I realized I really needed to go talk to someone about it mm-hmm. because like all CTM is like trying to replicate like scenarios of what we went through. So it was just like each class was like figuring out new trigger after new trigger and like remembering stuff. So eventually that's what got me into mental health, which mm-hmm. is like I recommend for absolutely anybody. I've heard absolute horror stories about like hornos, but I, yeah, I wish people like booty. Look, look I've tried them. to get seen multiple times. I told the guy, I got told to fuck off. Yeah, I and that's yeah, that's, that's like what I've heard, <laughs> and it just it boils my blood. Yeah, to kind of bring it back to uh, our boy, I think is a great guy. Like, you know, I was a little hard on him, but I also told him like, "Fuck, dude, I'm not trying to give myself any credit, but he needed to get help, mm-hmm. right?" The PA told him told me he needs to get help. And like, I remember our, you know, leadership who had changed over from that deployment, which is like, man, these guys just need to like suck it up. And like, I, I even remember like, kind of like a, like you got it. You got to give people their trauma, you know, mm-hmm. like the worst thing, quote Joe Rogan, the worst thing someone's been through is the worst some, thing someone's been through. So, Hey, maybe you've dealt with worse multiple times, but like that dude, he went through some shit and, but like, what sucks is I I've tried to see mental health probably like four times now, and I finally made it to, to like an to, actual provider to talk to a provider, and she goes, "Man, I would really like to see you, but we are just booked. Here's the same resources you've already been given. You can go out into town." I go, "But I don't want to talk to a counselor because that's not a hard." certificate to get i want to talk to a psychologist i want to learn my triggers i want to learn my coping skills and i also want to get some of this shit i can't talk to my wife about because she she goes more internal than me about it and it 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 just fucking sucks like um like i I, that's one of the things like the unanswered questions a little bit it's like man why didn't y'all just flood us with oscars and mental health and just like so when we got to Kuwait, they we had like a mental health stand down like first twenty four hours with those second meth people, but everyone's still digesting it, you know. Like yeah. it's also, been who's who's gonna want to come forward? Exactly. When none of your none of your homies around you is like, dude, we and got each other. We're still compartment. We're still yeah. dealing with our losses. We're still mm-hmm. burying our guys. We're still holding memorials. Like everyone is being tough for each other. We're all together. We're we're pack. You know, like strong tribe. Like we got each other. Yeah, that yeah. that was our support system. Yeah, then yeah. F- slow off a couple months, we get back, and that's when everything starts going because we're losing our friends. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I when I got out of the Marine Corps, so before I got out of the Marine Corps, I can I can go grab a case of beer, fucking pop up in my buddy's room, go to my buddy's house down the street who had a, like a chill wife and like hang out, shoot the shit, be like comfortable, kind of like what was going on here, like. You can turn these cameras off, and what is this? It's a con- concentrated conversation, and I force y'all to put y'all cell phones away. Like, <laughs> I, I think this is a beautiful thing. You know, you, you can fucking delete the cameras. This could never air. Like, I think this is and it's healing. It's yeah. healing, but and, and I, I wound up upon uh, Sebastian Younger's Restrepo talking oh, about the tribe. I, I love that book. And I, when I, I have that book in my car right now, when I got out, it was like I don't have these people anymore. They're, they're text messages and phone calls away. And like, I went through some like really hard mental health stuff with hallucinogens. And like, I I didn't go through like a crazy mass casualty situation, but I was in country as a 22 year old 
for seven months in some confusing ass fucking drug religious war political fucking like and you had crosshairs at your head you know that yeah that thought of someone might be pointing a gun barrel down yeah. at me and i don't know that's, and dude that's PTSD, i have dude. a good buddy till this day i'm trying to fly in to do the podcast that didn't want to get his sleeve tattoo uh his leg sleeve because he was he's like dude i don't want to waste some money in case i lose my legs on this deployment and i was just like i i got on that plane uh with like truly like zero bucks in my bank account because it's like fuck it dude like i don't i was juiced up on steroids i was spending all my money i was drinking i was doing my job but it's just like dude fuck it bro like every one of our seniors like volunteered for afghan and got shot and killed it was just like fuck dude like Mm -hmm. and i try and stay a little bit naive about like what the situation Mm -hmm. is so i can just do my job but then i remember the second time in h kaya just seeing all the special forces from every other country. I'm like, why are they here? Oh, they're protecting the mining. They're, they're, they're mining lithium. They're, they're, they're mining cobalt. They're, they're, this is a resource-risk country with rebels out in the mountains. And everybody's just trying to fucking reap the natural sources. So they send in small elements that are less reportable than an entire you know, infantry battalion. And it was just like... Fuck, dude, I, I, I start to educate myself and I get frustrated. But my point is, is when I got out, I didn't have that support structure. I, I wanted to move to Arizona with all my buddies, and then I wound up moving back home for multiple reasons. And that PTSD, that those issues I was having weren't prevalent then at mm-hmm. the time because I was in a comfortable place with my brothers. And then I get out and I'm alone. And my parents thought they were doing me a favor, but they set me up <laughs> with their cabin in the woods <laughs> out in Louisiana, completely isolated. And I'm just like smoking weed all day, like trying to meet up with people from my hometown who, you know, didn't do anything. Yeah. And it was, it was rough. And, you know, the mental health thing, I, 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 it's, it's confusing why we don't have more resources, especially just like just concentrated on two one. And then the the Oscars apparently we did have were just complete dog shit. I had one of my guys, I heard about, I was talking, I was like, hey, you getting seen and stuff like that. He's like, bro, I went in, and he's under 21. And so he was talking about, uh, I think it was the Oscar, and he was saying, like, hey, so, like, what have you been doing? He's like, I'm kind of, like, losing it. I'm having these dreams, all this stuff. And, like, all I can think to do is drink to cope with it. So I've been just drinking. And, like, one of the first things they say is, like, uh, like along the lines of like, I'm not sure you should be drinking. You're under 21. You know that, right? Like more like, like warding them off, uh, from drinking and like making them feel very uncomfortable about it. So they never went back for that reason. Yeah. And that just outraged me. To hear I mean, that. I've, I've, me personally, like I've been in, <coughs> like, I mean, I've been in a meeting where they're like, you know, they always talk about, you know, they'll do their little Friday, you know, Liberty talk. Like, hey, if you guys have any issues, you know. Guys can always talk to us, all this stuff. Turn around, I'm in this meeting, you know, and they're like, guy go get help over the weekend or whatever, you know, checks himself into mental health or the suicide watch, whatever. And then these leaderships are literally saying like, oh, okay, what's the quickest way we can get him out the military? And it's like, that's the most hardest thing to hear because it's like these dudes have literally have issues. And then your, your, your response is... Okay, we want to kick them out. Like, 
trying to throw them like away to the wayside and just so you don't have to deal with them or whatever. And yeah, it's just like coming back from that. And then you've been with these dudes for the last six months. So you build that relationship with them and then you just go straight back to your house with your wife, your kids, whatever. I mean, kind of like my situation, you know, just coming back home and then just having my wife, my kids there. And, um, it's, it's, it, it is definitely hard still dealing with other stuff, but I don't really talk about it too much, but you know, I should talk about it more stuff. I can't talk to my wife about, yeah. but, and then, I mean, I could go down a rabbit hole with the shit that I was just Hell like, yeah. the shit we that I was time. dealt with, <laughs> you know, and it was just like coming back from that deployment. And then it's just like, Hey, like you still need to get your pin. Right. Yeah. And it's that like, was an issue for right, me, coming dude. back on a Thursday from that, from that deployment. It's like, Hey, you need to get your pin after I just seen like 24 of my guys, 13 of them passed away, getting blown up, whatever the case may be. And that's, that's your yeah. biggest fucking issue right the, now. Their biggest issue is like, Hey, you need to get your pin. So that Monday they have trying to like mortar, like murder board out on shit. And I'm just like, like, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. fuck this yeah. shit, you know? Yeah. And then it's just like, we, me and him get the award the same day, right? Yeah, Afcon, I remember you saying whatever, this. with the C, and then I got my senior chief comes over here like, hey, I know this is a very special day for you, but here goes your SP because you went dink. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, what? Like, you guys train me to do this, and I do yes. what I'm supposed to do to my best of my ability, and you give me this fucking shit? And it's like, I lived up to like, because when I, I mean, they know, like, I'm pretty motivated, dude, you know, like. I'd agree I with ca- that. I, I care about what I do. It. <laughs> and stuff like that it. and it's like i believed in the hype of the whole like honors curve commitment like we're brothers and sisters we're going to take care of each other right mm-hmm. but when it was that time for somebody to be like hey we really need to take care of our people like nobody stepped up to be like you know and it was just like i mean now i'm going on my third sp so third sp gang you know Fuck that, <laughs> you got you got that hm2 though it's you got that you slid in on that hm2 it's, it's your own people man that's yeah. that's when i Two months before I got out, I was like, hey, let me go talk to mental health because I just don't want this to blow up. Like, there's yeah. things obviously brewing. I'm coping, but I want to learn what happens when I can't cope because I don't want to stress out my significant other, stress out my friends. I don't want to be a dude who's chronically drinking and deal with it. Like, I want to get ahead of it. So go talk to him, fill out a screener, and then the fucking boot-ass HM2 psych tech, fuck that guy. He's just like, hey, bro, you're good. Like, you're, your shit's, you're like, you're not going to kill yourself, but... Like in the in who's gonna admit to the gonna kill it? Yeah, and, and they're yeah. just like your screener's okay. Like you don't have to see a psych, seek help outside of the military because we're so booked. And I was just like, you know, we're Navy medicine man. Like these are our own people. These are corpsmen. Mm-hmm. And like I like to think the last ten years of my life, I was a good corpsman. Like I took care. I did my job. Do Dylan, I wanted to take care of people. Like I did yeah. my best. Like I advocated for people that felt like they needed and. I wasn't coming off like, but it's just like being disappointed by your own people. It, yep, it hurts, yeah. dude. Like it hurt me like a lot. Cause like I gave so much, like you said, you're not Joe, you know, but my stigma, you know, I never did any of the extracurricular. It took me four and a half years to pick up HM3. Cause I just got an EP on my last eval and I scored a 37 on my test to pick up HM3. Same. I got mapped a second, but I was always, Same. I'm just, I just been a hard worker, dude. I've been yeah. very blessed to be in patient care my entire career. And some corpsmen don't get to experience that. Oh, and, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I've been very blessed, and I just learned to be a good dude, and I never did any of the collaterals. I never did any, And I was very vocal about it, and people knew, hence why I got back-to-back P's in division, because I just did my job. But my job is what we get paychecks to do. My job's like why we join. And I absolutely hate when corpsmen don't like that. 
And that's some of the first questions I asked you guys when you guys showed up was like, hey, did you choose orders here? And you guys would be like, hell yeah. And you're like, fuck, fuck yeah. 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 And then there's like, no, I'm needs. And I'm just like, well, I already don't like you because yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't want to be here because this is a cool spot, man. Yeah. And I've met a lot of Gs in First Marine Division, a lot of Gs. And some of these Gs didn't get their FMF in, and they're the most grunt corpsmen I've ever met yeah. in my fucking life. And they left, and with quiet, badass attitude, they just left the system. You know, they left on reasons why, like, you know, I wish they got it because they're more FMF than I've ever been, but... The guys like I mean, you, man. I just, I just got the not like I didn't like. I just got the nods from like the dudes that I respected in my platoon. Exactly. As far as like my LT, my staff sergeant, my squad leaders, they were like, "Bro, I don't give a fuck about that shit." Like, you're my fucking doc. Like, you're FMF. Right. Like, exactly. I wish they were like, I wish we can just give it to you. Like, you know. But I wish they know. did. And it's yeah. just you look at any, and you know, I've never been in the Ace. I've never been in the MLG. But when I see a pin on them, I don't. I think of a fucking HN so-and-so sitting in a fucking fighting hole with his Marines. Just He's like, I got six more months left. I'm ready to get out. Not getting his pin. And, but that dude has kept up with his platoon. That guy's been there for his company. Yeah. <laughs> Most FMF corpsman, Michael, Michael Dean Piercy, stayed in the same <laughs> squad for four years of his entire stint in division. <laughs> Didn't get his pin? He got his pin. Oh, okay. But he never yeah. moved. He yeah. <laughs> That's kind of sick. He was a line corpsman through and through, man. Yeah. He was there for his dudes. He survived. I, that's why I always like credit myself as like you know never the strongest, never the fastest, but I can keep up. Yeah. And I can keep up pretty good. So that's sick. Yeah, dude, I definitely feel you with the whole the FMF thing. Like you were, you were, you after deployment were one of the first people that said it. My my sergeant said it, but they're just like, why the fuck. You said this. Like, do you have to get an FMF pin? The prior yeah. infantry machine gunner had that Marine. I had that conversation with you, I think. And then yeah, we're we're in the records room and you're just like, fuck that shit. And you go and talk to uh the ogre. <laughs> and he told you what does his uh LES say? I was like, What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> He's like, It means it says US Navy and you're not a Marine anymore. I was like, fuck, man. Like, and I, maybe I waited too late. Um, I had the text written out and ready to send to Ace in country, like in, in Kuwait after the fact. And uh, I was studying, I was chain smoking cigarettes like every 15 minutes to try and like cope with like everything that happened and also like try and concentrate on why why I need to know the reverse speed of an AAV. And um, I had it typed out. I had my sergeants read it, and I was like, yo, I'm having a very hard time studying right now for an FMF pin and justifying to myself why I need this with what I just did and where I've come from. Is there a way I can get a waiver or get granted meritoriously an FMF pin? And I never sent it. And I feel like, especially in country, before we got back, and then I waited too long, Chief G left, and then it was a different guy. I think he's a good guy, but it was Senior Chief. And I said, hey, I want to ask the powers that be for a waiver because of my situation. And he was cool, and he said, man, we're going to do it. We're going to send it up. I just want to show you right here what it says. There is no waiver. 
And I was just like, but you said we'll send it up, right? He's like, yeah. And it's the same thing about me asking to be on RBE for the sake of what my wife wanted me to ask because I had a newborn. And I did it, and I got told no. And then I was a senior line, and I I like to think I'm a humble dude. Sorry for my kids yelling in the backyard. Um, I like to think I'm a, I'm a pretty uh, humble dude. I definitely, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll puff my chest out for, for things I'm proud of. But um, I was a good senior line. I did a lot of work, and I did a full, for, for except for the boat package, I did a full fucking workup for golf company. And I got passed over for EP because of time in uh, position. Other people had more time in position than me, I even like, though I had, I like. like see EP. That's what they don't tell you yeah. about. I, I, uh, I didn't, ha- I only had four months and I had like leaps and bounds. I accounted for all of our missing gear. I had fucking got PDHRAs 100% way above everybody else. I was doing a very good job. And then uh, there's another corpsman. Same situation, somewhat same situation as me uh, as a senior line. And say, hey, we're going to sideline you, and you're going to focus on studying, and you're going to get your pen. And it worked out for him. And they say, hey, if it worked for him, we're going to do it for you. We're going to sideline you as a senior line. You do a changeover, you have two weeks. Well, by the time I had started setting it up with the guy um, before they initiated it, like before they were like, I'm going to stop this. You're, you're, you're now go study. So I, I, I grab them like, Hey, this is, this is the day we do the sinks. This is how you pull your fucking things from MERS. This is all the shit that's going on. This is your field ops coming up. Um, that was 10 days. And then like day 10, they're like, Hey, so we're going to pull you. I'm like, yeah, I already did that, man. Like I'm, I started studying like, um, so 10 days. And I, I'm studying, I'm, I'm doing, making my note cards here. And like, I'm getting phone calls like, where are you? I'm like, oh, I'm at my house studying. They're like, well, we need to see you study. I'm like, yeah, fuck. <laughs> so I show up and like the, the BAS buzz is going on and I'm trying to fucking study and I'm getting interrupted. Oh yeah, do your own chapter. Oh, I remember when I, I'm like, fuck dude. <laughs> and you know, I made headway and they gave me a, like a two week extension beyond my dank date. Which was like, that was pretty homey. That was pretty cool. I asked for mine. I asked for an extension. They told me no. Yeah. And I showed up. I pulled Mason and Sanchez and uh, this new dude, uh, Garcia, because he was Sanchez's roommate. And I was forcing them to fucking help me study. And like, hats off to both those dudes, especially Sanchez, who was just like, literally like a week away from getting out. And also, like, a loved one passed away, but he was still, like, helping me right before he took off to the funeral. I'm like, Jesus Sanchez, right? Yeah. That dude's cool. And Yeah, he's, <laughs> that dude's cool. Uh, how was Alaska, motherfucker? Um, yeah, he did do, like, some, he went with some type of outdoor company to do a he tour. He went with the Discovery Channel. Oh, <laughs> and did a, did a documentary. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Where is he getting these off? I did, yeah. <laughs> what program is that? Can I sign up? Someone asked that. Just like, what was the program you signed up for? I was like, I think it was the Discovery Channel, dude. Um, and I, dude, I'm just like, I'm freaking out. I'm like preparing for a murder board. I didn't do like a really official murder board. It was like my buddies and like I, I wasn't good. And they gave me an extension. And I, dude, I'm just sweating bullets, dude. And I fucking go in and I pass core. And we get to GCE. And I thought I was getting kicked out first three chapters 
and I fail every single chapter in GCE. I love GCE. And think- they they pull me in after by myself because I know, I know what's going on. And they're just like, dude, why did you show up today? I was like, dude, this is my last, like, this is my last fucking hope. And they're like, why didn't you know the, and I was like, dude, I thought I was getting kicked out. Like, I didn't, I, c- I could have done this if I had one before, but like, I, I had no idea how this shit works. And uh, the new FMF coordinator is like, hey man, the way I see it is your dink date might be the first, but I'll give you to the end of the month. It was like December. I'm like, dude, I'm too weak past my, my dink. And I, I walked up to the real coordinator. He just, he's like, who are you? I'm like, oh, he's like, oh, here you go. Take this to your LPO. That was my fucking, my fail. I showed up. No one making eye contact with me. I fucking handed in. I'm like, you need anything from me? They're like, no. Okay. I fucking like storm off. And uh, I get a text. I was like, hey. I text him. I'm like, hey, uh, one of the new FMF coordinators was saying, like, maybe I could, like, have till the end of December if I cancel my leave for Christmas. He's like, nah, dude, you're done. I'm like, okay, sick. I was like, "Uh, do I have to start the whole book over? Uh, Because I'm about to say, fuck this Navy bullshit. Like, I'm done. He's like, I wouldn't say that. I was like, all right, let's talk when I get back. And then, dude, there was, like, zero comms. Zero, zero communication. I went to one field op. No one ever checked on me. And then I get news. I'm going to, I'm going to tracks. And dude, like I, I feel maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like those dudes just all turned my, turned their back on me. Like the homies are the homies. And I I still communicate with like Benson and everybody. I don't, I don't think it was anything to do with him, but I just feel like we had this new chief. And it is what it is on the piece of paper. And you didn't accomplish what the paper said. And thank you for your service as a good senior line. But goodbye. Go to tracks. And then I wound up getting it through some, like, loophole fucking G, like, chief shit. My chief pulled some some shit. And now people are mad because I got my pen. They're like, he was dink, dude. Who's he, mad? Some dudes in 2-1. Some dudes that wear three three down, some crows, dude, and uh, maybe maybe a dude with an anchor that gave me an SP and put and put you know not recommended for retention, which is something they don't have to put. A- they have to give me an SP, but they don't have to put they don't have to take my quota away. And so, um, like we're my eval's now done by um, third tracks, which is a very smart move by my chief. You know who my chief is. Yeah, Very intelligent dude. move by yeah. him, because I I don't know. I talked to him Friday. And he's like, "No, dude, I don't think they were gonna fuck you." And I was like, "Dude, it sounded like." And I, I I did some. I didn't do my self diligence. Like, I talked to one of my HM twos. I was like, "Dude, I don't want to do a fucking brag sheet. Like, here's a bunch of information, like write ups and shit I did, and and uh, basically like a unofficial brag sheet." Like, I was in the ranking boards of uh, 2-1, and they're like, we don't have a brag sheet. We don't have a write-up, dude. Like, what do you, what do you, what? Like, some miscommunications, and that LPO talked to RALPO and spoke good about me, and I, I feel a different way, but, like, I I don't know. And even it comes down to is, like, maybe I'm disgruntled. Maybe I'm misinformed, but... um. It doesn't take much to just 
hey, man, you still around? Come talk to me as a chief or as an LPO. And that is something I'm a little disgruntled about. Maybe maybe I think something that's not true, but in my head. Um, bro, they literally washed their hands. With I was, yeah, dude, I, was, I, felt, I felt like they washed their hands, man. Bro, they're the whole 1st Marine Division, DSO. Like, bro, they. Jake, can you fix that? They washed their hands with me, <laughs> bro. It's just like now I'm just trying to fight this uphill battle on like still dealing with this whole shit from all the shit that we went through. Yeah, you know, f- trying to fit family time in there, you know, because still trying to be a good father to my kids yeah. and you know s- seem somewhat normal, I guess, and you know still have that family and friendship stuff. And but like you're just hounding me about this fucking pin shit, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, bro, like. All I care is about medicine. Like, yeah. I just want to be a good fucking corpsman. Like, I mean, but the, I guess the part that upsets me most is when you hear the stories about how, like, oh, this person got his pin like this, or this person. You were telling got, me that yeah, stuff. Like, this person got his pin like this, or they let him, they let him, uh, they let him, uh, board out in chapters, and then they just backdated mm-hmm. his, uh, pin like if he was on deployment and all this stuff. And you're just like thinking about, like, Damn, I'm getting an award. Like, if I knew I was gonna get that award, I would just been like, "No, nah, I don't want that shit." Like, just just sign my paper. Like, because I, yeah. I don't care about that stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? I honestly just care about like what my guys think about me or what my fellow peers think about me. That's that's probably like how my name carries weight. But now I got the stigma on me that I'm not a good dude or I'm a shitty like HM2 just because I don't have something on my chest. Yeah, and it's like it, it just kills me. It, so it's a weird thing, man. I, uh, I understand the purpose of it, but there's almost, it used to be worth points, right? Like your different pins. I think so. Points. Like two towards advancement, maybe. Yeah. Um, it's only a punishment. Um, and then there's a guy you deployed with who doesn't like to wear us. And he was talking about how y'all's chief got mad and like bumped his, bumped his eval down to an MP and like, because he, they had a confrontation about how he doesn't like to wear his pen. He's like, I, it, it's, he didn't look the order up. But he's just like, I don't give a fuck. And he even told me a story about how he he got sent somewhere when he was still in uh, Horno, got sent some to like supply or something. Fucking smart dude. But he shows up to the front desk and some corpsman just looks right at his chest and he's not wearing the pen he does have. And they're like, what do you want? He's like, I'm, I was sent here. They're like, we're closed close for lunch dude come back he's like okay fuck you it's like i I don't dude i got a lot of different feelings about it yeah likewise i mean coming from i can't like my pin experience here is totally different than y'all's because i came from mlg where i got it back then almost went dink on it got it just because like i'm a procrastinator and over here all i do is recall so all i had to do was take the test Mm -hmm. pretty much all i did was like Go in there to take it once. Intentions, like, I was not going to pass. Look at the test. Look at test number two. Fail it. Test number three. It's one of those two. So I was, I studied some of GC. Definitely not all of it. Yeah, yeah. But just, like, what you guys are describing is, like, why fucking the good ones get out, in a sense. Because, like, the Navy's just so uptight in so many stupid ways. And, like, normally boils down to those upper uh, chains of command being your chiefs and above honestly so like yeah 
But like, I'm very lucky to have I have the best chief I, I know I'll ever have. You know, I stayed in 20 years. He's from the South, right? He's like he, doing he shrimp is. boils and shit. Yep. That, Where's he that, from? Alabama or something? Alabama. Yeah. yeah. That oh, is the Alabama. best chief, FMF, great human being in general. Uh, just phenomenal. But the, the stories that I hear about so many people around me, how they're just getting fucked over, is just, just horrible to hear. And, like, people will ask and, like, wonder, like, why don't people stay in? Like, dude, you should stay in. You're good for the Navy. But, like, it's because, like, people like that just, like, screw us over. Yeah. My first CDB was at uh, Fort Belvoir. It's probably my wife. (laughs) (laughs) I had to wake up early to make sure this podcast happened. She got to sleep in so I can spend three hours away from the kids. (laughs) Um, Y'all can't hear it, but there's a phone going off, distracting the shit out of everyone. Uh, My first CDB, I go in. I'm a Bud's dud. Corman in the ER, kind of cool. Um, like, what do you want to do? No, 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 this, that, another. I'm like, I want to either go back to Buds or I'll be at SOIDC or fucking Lee Screenside. Like, fuck. Mainly, I just wanted a small unit to go to because I, I, I even told him, like, I don't like this blue shot shit. It's too much bureaucracy, politics, all that stuff. And like I mentioned, I mean, I might be construing two CDBs, but I mentioned, uh, I'm a Buds dud. And the senior chief pops his head up from his cell phone. And he was like, one of the SOIDCs that created the pipeline in core school for people to, like, you know, like, hop out of the regular, get into the, yeah. and then, like, go on to do the thing. And he, he told me afterwards, like, I created that pipeline because bud studs aren't the best corpsmen. They're pissed off stud athletes that, you know, happen to get corpsmen and, you know, they wind up blue side and not green side and they don't fit in good. Um, and they're talking about like the Navy's moving away from the advancement exam. The Navy's moving away from selling cupcakes. And I remember there was an HM2 in the room and she was wearing blueberries. And as soon as he said cupcake sales, she just went. <laughs> I was just like, oh, dude. He fucking nailed it. Like, <laughs> I remember trying to buy a Chick-fil-A sandwich. And they're like, that's $8 a sandwich. And I was just like, the fuck is this for? And they're like, it's the JEA. It's for our ball. And then and I'm like, oh, dude. And then I tried to join the JEA. Like, we want $80. I was like, oh, so this is a, a pay-to-play fraternity. I get the answers to the test if I join the JEA. And like, no, it's not like that. I'm like, this is bullshit. And then, who was it? Like, Mayo got passed up. For meritorious promotion yeah. to the JEA president that did the 31st Mew. And then Mayo did like, he saved people. Well, yeah. Right. Their lives. Right. Yeah. And there's like, not good enough, dude. You didn't have enough command involvement. And they, I understand why. I don't think it's a just reason. They want the optimal sailor for optics to like, this is our. Oh, he's he volunteers and does this stuff, and he is and like, and I've just this last exam, my chief asked me, he's like, "Do you have any college?" No, and I tell them every time, I have two kids at home. I don't have enough time mm-hmm. to do college. Maybe other people can figure it out, but I would rather be the whatever father I am, even though I don't think I'm that great with my anger problems, and but um. You know, I, I, I got to get off work and go home. 
And then I have so many hours to spend with them and before, before bedtime. And then I have so many hours to spend with my wife. I just don't, I'm not single. I'm an yeah. older dude. I don't have those education, but I can't give that to you. What about JEA? Fuck that. I'm not paying money. And then senior chief is like, you can do JEA. You just can't do the weekends, like little retreats and shit. I'm like, I'm pretty anti. I'm pretty anti paying <laughs> nah, dues. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> and like, you know, I think one way would, you know, we used to have people show up in the ER and volunteer. And I was like, that would be a cool thing. I tried doing that during COVID at the Pendleton Hospital. Like, we used to. We Not with COVID. Oh, fuck, man. So, like, the algorithm doesn't work for me. Hitting all the wickets doesn't work for me. And then, you know, you're you're the guy that does – you're good at your job, but that's not enough. It's in a horribly rigged system. Yeah. I, like, really keyed into it for whenever I got back in the first eval – when I was with Nito, and so I was with them for like a few months. So on my eval write-up, I had everything that happened in Kabul, barely a little bit before, and then teaching, uh, instructing so many classes. That is like everything I did was direct support to the mission of the Marine Corps and just corpsmen as naval medicine as in general. And they just said, Welcome aboard, P. And I was like, which they don't have to do. Yeah, they can give you a welcome aboard, MP. They could. Yeah, as an H and two. I was like, like, what's what's the point? Because everybody gets it. And it's like that just shows that they don't give a shit about what you do. You just gotta like please the right people. And that's how I see it. And I don't think I can be swayed after that. That's why I was like, I wasn't too upset for myself because like I just wasn't a careerist type person anyways, but like whenever Maya was coming up, same stuff was on his brag sheet. I was ready to be just like outright, irate, or in his case, but thankfully he did get the number one AP, but it's just fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's bullshit. I mean, it's just like it's all rigged just because like I think the biggest thing that makes me upset is like our leadership only does it to be like okay, how can I make myself look good in the eyes of my master chief or whatever? And they're just like, oh, I, I made these guys do this. And it's just like trickles down, trying to make us do all this stuff. But like, there's a lot of people that are n literally not good at their job. Mm -hmm. Like not, don't even understand the fundamentals of being yeah. in an infantry division like Corman. But you're still giving these guys EPs and all this stuff. And just because they can go out there and, you know, sell a couple T-shirts, belt buckles, all this stuff. But it's like, when it comes down to it, like, and shit actually happens for our next whatever fucking fight, like, you're going to have a bunch of pussy-ass, bitch-ass motherfuckers that can't, <laughs> even, that, can't even do, <laughs> that can't even do their shit. Well, and, the can sorry. And that's what it is, man. Like, Yeah, I just think of the, the H1 that gets their pen in division, and they try to talk to you, like, like you're just you don't you don't understand you can't you're like brother like, you, I was in division. It's like, like you've never been a line corps. Like you don't know the shit. Like it's it's weird, yeah. man. Like, and that's just like a humbling thing, dude. And I'm very thankful to experience what I've experienced because I feel like I've I, I saw why like we get awards, dude. I saw like our all the corn medal of honors is because of dudes like us. Like, and, hey, man. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's a weird uh, place. Yeah. And it's it's a big middle finger to us. Uh, like 
just to be like, okay, you guys went through this situation and then being told by people like we don't care and then giving you the middle finger and it's just like, damn, like this guy's really did like what he was supposed to do. I mean, these guys were there getting a call from the commandant. Like, it, it just like boggles my mind that like, I don't know, that I'm even in the position that I am. I mean, some of it's probably due to my own fault, I guess, but it's like dealing with that shit, you know, that we have to deal with. But now I'm on my, what, I just got another SP because I didn't get my pen in time. But, like, I'm just worried about, like, are the corpsmen that are under me good? Yeah. Like, I'm relaying, like, the like the message like he like he he's taught me you know just like hey just always study your shit you know be a good dude like take care of your marines stuff like that and like that's that's my job like that's what i'm supposed to be doing like yeah. training these next guys to be good corpsmen and not worry about like do they really know their medicine because they don't they don't know what's going to happen in the next 4 years they don't know what position they're going to be at just like we didn't but we had those good people you know to to like, hey, you guys need to always be training and instill that into us. So like, all that stuff doesn't matter to me. Like, if I don't know my medicine, I'm not a good corpsman. Like, what does that stuff matter to me? Yeah, that means I can't save somebody's life if I'm focused on this stuff. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest compliments I got was from you guys. Um, well, it was directed by the company leadership because you guys were doing badass job. But right before we pushed into Kabul, we were doing all those Valkyrie runs just outside the BAS. And, like, they're talking in a sink one time. They're like, hey, you guys need to prep, man. The, the corpsmen are the hardest-working dudes here. They're, like, they're training every night. They're doing Valkyrie every night. We're practicing our medicine. And, like, dude, you're, you're ready, man. Like, shit. Yeah. yeah, like, and I, I was very happy that, you know, the company leadership conveyed that they thought you guys were doing an amazing job because you guys were. And it's just nice when we get that feedback from the dudes that honestly matter the most. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, that's all I yeah. care about is, like, what, how my Marines think of – think about me in their eyes and they're like fuck i don't give a fuck like and they'll still request me like where the fuck's doc torres like oh dude we got multiple <laughs> requests for you when i was seeing you i'm just like, like yo bring torres like, back i just want to be just do, <laughs> let me do my job and take yeah. care of these guys and with their platoon like me and alice we went so hard on doing medical bro like night and day from 18 to like zero three in the morning like just night and day just doing fucking runs doing everything with our guys teaching on medicine like and that's all we cared about. You guys yeah, had right. your little uh, multi-cam mystery ranch bags yeah. when you showed up. I was oh, like, man, look at these, yeah, look at these cool dudes. Cool <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did one field op with Atlas. And uh, we had the safety Vic and then, like, the hiking corpsman. And uh, I, I did the Vic out, and then I, I hiked back. I was like, yeah, let me wear your med bag. Let me see what that shit's about, dude. <laughs> Instantly, I was like, I, uh, babe, I want to buy a $600 <laughs> med bag. Just like. You, you you're not deploying like what else? it's like it's just, it's just so good dude i i love it yeah. i love that fucking med bag and then Same. they're like med bag inspection it's like eat shit out of my own they're like oh, okay uh, hm3 <laughs> so did you get it yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I fucking love that thing, dude. Yeah, I bought my shit on deployment because I was like, if I was to buy this at home, my wife would probably rip my heart out. <laughs> so I was like, I'm literally 3,000 miles away where she cannot reach me. Yeah. And she tries, as soon as I bought it, got a phone call, and I was just like, end, end, yeah, yeah. end. Because I knew what it was about. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, you just spent $500 on a fucking bag. Like, uh, you, you know, you guys know him way better than me, but I remember the first mystery ranch I ever saw was like, Casaneda's 
Okay, so main pack. So the story I'll tell you about that is that uh, was oh, able shit. to order four yeah. of them. I was there when this was yeah, like being and talked he, about. Bring my former roommate, Junior Corman, but you know he ascended and became the H and S guru because <laughs> um, he's a great dude. But I was like, hey, bro, like give me one of those. And yeah. So I got one. Was one. So Italian surgeon had one, and Cass got one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So Gunderson. I don't know if you ever returned it, but oh, that was uh, my mystery ranch bag is because of the battalion paid for it, and I still have it today. wasn't SL3 <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, that's Tactically sick, acquired. <laughs> well, you got me You got me the uh, – I gave it to Ace, that mystery ranch, whatever the fuck. Like the uh, – what's that super thin med bag we have? M9s? It looks like an M9, but it's mystery ranch. And, like, yeah. you just – when you were supply, you showed up with it, and I was like – I like honed in on. I was like, "Yeah, what's my my little my little greedy fingers?" Like, "Yeah, what? Oh, what?" Tasmanian though. No, no, no. no As no, supply, you went somewhere, and they're like, "We don't." Yeah, that's a med bag. Take it, and you're just like, "Yoink!" And you brought it back. And I was like, "Yo, fucking Ministry Ranch, that's sick." And I tried to like rig it up to like, I tried to do some like cool shit, and it didn't work out. And then Ace was like, "Hey, man, did that work out for you?" I was like, "No." And, like, literally, um, I think it was, like, the anniversary. I was like, hey, you're going to the crosses. And we saw each other at the crosses. And I was like, hey, here are my keys. It's in the back. You know, put it to good use. You can have the whole rig I tried to do. And he's like, all right, leave my keys in the car. And he he took it back. But Mr. Ranch is pretty dope, dude. I just remember, like, Atlas, like, I'm like, yo, what is it? What what, what was that? He's like, yeah. dude, it's, it's just like intuitively designed. Yeah, I fucking love that thing, dude. It, it, I mean, it was super like, smart. Dude. It did its job when we needed to use it yeah. at the right time, you know. And it was just like everything's just so accessible, yeah. like just there. You know, you have the two blowout little pockets in the front where like you can put a lot of ammo yeah, in there. You can spots that people you can can't at least find. treat a patient, you know, with the two blowout bags in the front, and you're just like ready to go. So. Yeah, I'm about to get out, and I want to get one now. They're sick, yeah. dude. I almost I'm bought. Happy, I bought mine. I almost bought a used one. And you could tell it was just like jacked from some special, special boy. And I was like <laughs> messaging the dude on eBay. He was like, "Sir, what you see in the pictures is what you get." <laughs> I was like, "Is there any warranty? Like anything on this?" And I was I just like, "I just want to text him like, you stole this shit from Special Warfare, motherfucker. I know what." <laughs> um, well, the one that I got from that got a hold of it was about to get like demo, yeah. like they didn't want it anymore so i was like i'll take it they're like oh, yeah go ahead yeah, i was like right so i get it. i get bummed out when shit gets thrown away like yeah. like even like civilian shit like i went through some boxes way down at the dump in her neighborhood i saw this like i just lit my grill on fire so i need a new one and just people just moving out of the neighborhood, just like threw out a smoker and a, and a grill. And like I inspected it, one of them's missing like the the grill itself. I was like, I can't take that. It needs a lot of cleaning. But like, dude, I'll, I'll go to the, I'll go to the dump. I, I I don't pick, but like I just look at all the shit people are throwing out, dude. Just like fuck, I man. Dumpster side when I was in high school because my uh, <laughs> high school sweetheart at the time, her father was the county commissioner. So he had access to the county dump. And so, like, it was like once every two weeks, once every week, that just the whole family would go out, look around, see what we could find. We'll see yeah. what we like. There's we found brand new beds still yeah. in the packaging. Yeah. It's sad, man. We're a throwaway yeah. culture. But my wife hates it, dude. When I was in Virginia, I was trying to make this podcast, you know, at the very beginning infancy. And someone put out, like, five 
like lamps, those little post <laughs> lamps. And I fucking took them all. And she was just like, my wife grew up like not poor, but not a person of means. And so she is used to all these like hand-me-downs and like donations and stuff. And so she does not like that at all. And I'll come home with trash, dude. And she's just <laughs> like, get that shit the fuck out of here. The first podcast was uh, the show, sewing machine between us. And it was like me and another person and this this wooden thing that pops out a sewing machine. I and she's like, get it get it out of the house. And eventually I was just like, I'm going to get rid of it. She's like, thank you so much. Buy, what, <laughs> buy whatever you want. Just please get rid of that stupid sewing machine. Yeah. Well, fuck. How'd you meet your wife? Tinder. Tinder? Is she, where's she from? <laughs> Czech Republic. That's pretty cool. She's from Czech Republic. And then when she was 17, she moved to Ireland for 11 years. And it wasn't till the day before uh, we got married, um, one of my friend's dads, who's like one of my friends, like mm-hmm. really fucking awesome dude. He's just like, your accent doesn't, like, what What am I hearing? And she's like, I have an English-Irish accent, like, like, she has a check. Mm-hmm. You can hear it. But then, like, the English she learned was from Ireland. And so she has you'll, – you'll meet another Czech person, and they won't sound like her because she has this unique twang on it. It's awesome. She, yeah, she's she'll, like, she'll pull like some – a southern person. Like yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> she'll pull some, like, weird jargon sometimes. I'm just like, what? <laughs> she's <laughs> Irish. Don't worry about it. What That's are you saying cool. right now? Yeah. We got married quick. It worked out. <laughs> but um, – I thought I was getting kicked out of the Navy in core school because uh, I was not getting along. You met her in core school? Yeah. She's she's not, she's not a civilian. Um, met on Tinder. I'm sure this is a common story, but I was literally about to delete Tinder because, like, mm-hmm. I had, like, a couple dates lined up, and they would always just be like, oh, you never text me back. What the fuck? Like, all right. Um, about to delete it. Her birthday's one day before mine. And uh, we started, I text her, like, you seem normal. Because I don't know if y'all have ever spent any time on Tinder. It's just, dude, like, we're, not. we're looking for a devil's gangbang. Like, <laughs> we, we want <laughs> you and my husband and, like, fat chicks, weird. It's just, like, we're very introverted. And then it's, like, her hiking in Ireland with, like, a Patagonia hat. And I was like, dude, you seem normal. She's like, thanks, man. You seem normal, too. And we had some very, like, adult conversations about, like, what we wanted Mm-hmm. And what what we're looking to do in our lives and past the just like hey I'm trying to hook up and fuck phase of you know or, uh, I'm not trying to do that with you mm-hmm. and she's like okay and then I remember we had one conversation and then the next one I was like oh by the way I was talking to other people but I've told them that I'm I'm not talking to them because I'm seeing you I hope that's mutual and she's like yes I'm like okay great and um, I thought I was getting kicked out I got in trouble in core school. And, like, our plan was just, like, move to Austin, and I was going to try and work at On It Gym, the, like, the Joe Rogan gym. And that was, like, my big plans. And she's like, oh, all right, well, I'll follow you. And then we got married, and I stayed in and went to Virginia and put two babies through her, and she's mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> she's great, though. She, she's a, a G. Love stories are always I think a lot of just militants. Some military wives in general are like badass women. Just because oh, militants, like <laughs> militants, <laughs> yeah. militant wives. Yeah, uh, 
they're just badass in general because all the shit that they also have to deal with, you know. Yeah. Us, you know, back and forth deployments, <coughs> them staying at home with the kids, like that shit takes a toll sometimes, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah. And people that like our kids, uh, like preschool and shit, have like tried to thank her for her service, and you know that whole like weird thing. Yeah. And she's <laughs> like, absolutely not. No, that's you not. I'm like, thank you. That's that's pretty. I love you more now. Yeah. My, my wife gives them the weird like eye, like, yeah. get out of my face right now, like I'm walking away. Yeah. So. So, yeah, yeah. Well, like, did, yeah, just families in general have to uh, kind of endure while people are gone. My mom, she was went to OIF, OEF. I can't remember. It was 2004, but she bounced out and was gone. You're good. I'm gone. I lost you. I'm dead. Wait, you're fine. Uh, she left Iraq, and so she was gone for a year. Uh, for all of us, and just, like, left my dad taking care of two roughly eight-year-old boys. And looking back now, like, I can see how insanely hard that would be because mm-hmm. my, my dad had a full-time job. I remember he would wake us up at, like, 5, 4.30 in the morning. He would drive down the road to where he worked. Uh, thankfully, he worked at uh, a family member's place, so... He would just start work in the barn. He would just put us back to bed in the house, come wake us up whenever it was time to get up for the school bus, ride it to school, and then ride it back to that same spot, work for a few more hours, and then he would take us back home. And then I just, I can, like, way later on, I realized, like, everything he did is just, like, try to distract us as kids to the fact that our mom was gone. So, mm-hmm. like, I remember he set up an entire uh, band, like, drum set, bought a new guitar, uh, got a bass from somewhere. So he set up a studio in the basement, like uh, soundproofed it and everything. I remember getting like typical kid stuff or like boy stuff, machetes, Hell yeah. hatchets, and just like anything you could. And I can only imagine how hard that would be for like any, any parent who has to deal with like their significant other being gone and they have to deal with stress all alone without any communication with them. Because back then, all it was was whenever my mom had time, it was like a lot of time to just call back on the telephone. So it wasn't like any kind of FaceTime, any kind of video context or regular messaging of any sorts. It was either random emails or random phone calls. Mm-hmm. That's all we got. That what what did she do again? I'm sorry, I missed that part. She was in the army. Both my parents okay. were in the army, and that's how they met. But in the reserves, she was called back. But she was like post office person. She was in Kuwait. Or all I remember her talking about, like, she just, like, drove mail around, worked in the office, and she talked about how it was 135 degrees during the day. Yeah. I remember my uh, <clears throat> my dad going underway. My dad was a boatswain's mate for 20 years, retired as a first class. Cross like, anchors, well, dude. Yeah, when my dad would go <laughs> underway, we'd go see him on the ship, and we'd legit watch the ship. And I, I saw it, like, maybe eight times in my life as a kid. And when... Like you said, it's it's a different time. Like my dad wrote letters, like occasionally, yeah. and maybe he'd yeah. get like a phone call every yeah, now and then. Too. And he would go underway for like nine months. Like when my dad was gone, I like aged a whole year. I remember, and yeah. I still remember to this day, just like watching them man the rails, and like we'd say bye. We watched the families would just watch the ship go, and little Matt, 
my papa. <laughs> my dad was so nate like yeah he, uh, when he, he's about to me back in the day when they still wore like jean like the yeah, utility the the jeans yeah. and the they Denver. look gangster kind of like, sick dude. it was no they look they look cool <laughs> but he wrote a he i have this old picture of him that he sent his parents a little like polaroid and it's just like, hey, mom and dad, this is this is me in my dirt bag uniform, a true sailor out at sea. And he misspelled the word sailor three times, and he <laughs> didn't he didn't get right. He didn't get it. Dude, right that's my hero, bro. Yeah. that's that's <laughs> me, dude. Damn. Yeah, and I he's suck uh, at spelling. Dad does not have a college degree. He works. He's the harbor master on Guam. He, that's all just from twenty years in the navy working with boats. And that's sick, dude. Can't spell, but he can uh, he can park ships. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. I've uh, I've challenged a few chiefs with. Uh, it came from like, okay, you're a chief, but why are you called chief? And I've never got a good answer. I don't even, I asked my core school instructors, why are we called corpsmen? Like, what does that, what does that mean? They're like, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, okay. Um, but it's like, so we're sailors, right? But the fuck do we know about sailing a boat? Oh, on this last deployment, like seeing what those guys like actually do on a ship. I was like, oh my God, like. It's a whole just, other beast, yeah, dude. Like, we're in the navy, but like these guys, you, you're you are the navy. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, we're just a part of it. Yeah, like it's crazy the night and day difference. Like, like those so engineering crazy. rates, the deck yeah. rates. You're just like these dudes are these the undeads. Like yeah. the undeads people. Undeads, those dudes dude. get ran to the like <sighs> ground. It's crazy. That's so. That's my that's my like one kind of issue with the navy as far as like the SEAL program is I think those dudes should be guaranteed something better. I mean, all they're guaranteed is undes. Like, you're not guaranteed anything else. And, like, dude, guarantee them green side corpsman. Guarantee them if they have the, the scores, like, uh, like an EOD, diver, something cooler. Than just going straight to the fleet. Dude, dude just fucking truly, like, I, I call it the, the great car salesman. Like, I even say this a little bit with, like, IDCs and I've talked to IDCs like you should be a warrant officer you're a subject matter expert in your field that is a warrant officer but you get paid probably some special entitlement but not as much as the PA not as much as the the nurse or the MO and I'm not saying they're doctors but I'm saying they should be a special grade because they are leaps and bounds of like what I've been taught you know, they go to this special program and like, you should be a warrant officer. And I've talked to him, you know, I think I talked to Cass, like, do you, do you feel like you got conned in any way? He's like, no, absolutely not. And the, the, the other one, uh, said the same thing. Like, no, nah, this is something I wanted to do. I'm really happy where I'm at. And I'm like, that's great. What about the fact that you, you like truly like a warrant officer really fits what you do. You know, like a gunner, like subject matter expert for the battalion. IDC for the battalion. You should be a warrant officer. And uh, it was this last one. It was just like, dude. And it's my my theory of why frocking will never go away. I don't think anyone's ever going to go from E1 to fucking O10. And it's going to get to the top in Congress and be like, you know what we need to change about the Navy? The frocking system. <laughs> no one's going to go from an IDC to some fucking high-ranking officer billet be like, you know what we need to do? We need to change them to warrant officers and back pay and instate all these IDCs. This is not going to happen, but it sucks because I think they truly warrant being a warrant officer. Yeah. Yeah, Going back to your guys' like stories about your parents and stuff, like I always, I always like 
took that very interesting, like just meeting the people that you meet in the military and like understanding their background and like how their family like lineages goes down. Multiple times I will cut to you eating, by the oh. way. Just say, so you, oh yeah. You're the only one yeah, chocolate yeah, on right your face right now. Tearing those things down. You're the skinniest <laughs> person here, so. <laughs> but, yeah, just like hearing everybody's story, just My like genetics. the history of them, like how they got into the military. Yeah. Like it's, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty cool. It Yeah, it's interesting. I come from like somewhat of a lineage. My grandfather, uh, he told me, you know, this is after the fact and was pretty popular. He's like, I, I joined the Navy as a gunner's mate in World War II. And he told me, like, some he, – he's, he's definitely into the folklore, so I, I wish I could actually, like, nail down what he did. Uh, he's like, yeah, man, I'd be loading I'd be loading up ammo into these big old guns. I'd be, like, shooting down these jet planes, dude. <laughs> and, like, everybody, everybody that was shooting at the plane would put, like, a tick mark. So everybody had all these kills, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and he's like, there was this program. It was called the Frogman. And I was, I was real good. So I was a lifeguard. And uh, I was I was going to try out for it. But, you know, as World War II ended, and it was just time for me to get out. And I never went to that Frogman program. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, my buddy, I'm training for the Marine Corps. My buddy's training for the SEALs. And I was just like, that's what he's like. Oh, no, it's something different. I'm like, all right, Grandpa. <laughs> but, yeah, my Grandpa and my brother was an 11. Um, my cousin was a West Point graduate, artillery army officer, captain. Uh, that's pretty much it. But you know, ain't too many, ain't too many out there. I'm the first person to enter my family to be in the military. My second, she, or my cousin, she just joined. She's like, a, like, like a CB. I don't know, like <laughs> electronic. Know, I'm fucking <laughs> construction but, worker. Yeah, <laughs> it's. It's kind of yeah. interesting. Yeah, they, like, they truly learn, like, a skill. Like, it, it's it's really weird because, you you know, the, that, the dudes that fill those billets of, like, cook and, like, admin, you're, like, you're joining this, you know, the service. Like, hey, brother, like, what do you want to do to serve? I want to be a cook. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, like what, what in what world? Like. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, they're, they're learning a trade, and that's <laughs> that's what sucks. I mean, luckily, Corman does translate into paramedic or, yeah. like, a med tech or – you know, the stepping stone of understanding and becoming a, a medical a PA, a nurse, a, a doctor. But I just remember my brother as a fucking infantryman. He's like, dude, there ain't no fucking jobs when you get out there. You want to be a security guard at some fucking, you know, lobby or be a cop, whatever. And it's like, ain't much out there, which sucks. You know, we're, we're, the, we're the high school teachers, dude. We get no love, bro. Yeah. Coming back to the uh, legacy thing. I know my grandfather, he was a cook in Vietnam, but I never got to meet him, so I don't know any of his stories. But I had a great uncle who uh, I got to talk with a little bit. And he was in during the Korean War. He was uh, Army Infantry. And I remember, like, just casually talking about, because I was in the Navy at the time, and he, so he started talking, and he was mentioning one time <coughs> that they were on top of a hill, and they're waiting to... Uh, attack in the morning, and they would be going downhill kind of thing. And they said, because they're on the hill here, and Artie and everybody else was behind them on smaller hills. They woke up in the middle of the night to friendly fire barrage of artillery and mortars just impacting everywhere where they were at because they got the trajectory wrong, and they were just shelling the side of the hill that they were sleeping at. And I was just like, oh, my God, dude. That is insane. That's 
That's how I still got you comfy. Well, we were in Oki. We, we did, like, the battle site tour. I'm a gift giver. And it's my uh, love language. That was actually pretty <laughs> interesting, just, like, really understanding, like, what, like, how the Japanese, like, you know, basically, like, engulfed us and just let us come on the island type stuff. And, like, the, like, the trenches, like, how they were just, like, the tunnels and all that. And how they were just, like, literally walking up, like, within inches before, like, they were just popping out and, like, just capping fools. I'm just like, damn. K-Bar? Sorry. I didn't want to cut your story off. <laughs> this, is what I'm, this is what I'm giving the dudes that are leaving. Fucking found them on Amazon for pretty good. Like, official USMC. Bayonets. Bayonets. Uh, yeah. Was like <laughs> <laughs> and I took it to a staff sergeant to inscribe. He's like, you didn't get a K-Bar? I was like, no. He's like, is that standard, the K-Bar? He's like, yeah, dude. No one gets a bayonet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just I thought I'd go. Thing looks mean, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought I'd go the extra mile. That is pretty cool. Yeah, got a couple of them lined up. That's cool that you're doing that. My my HM one. I have the best like chain of command. My OSC, he's pretty cool. But he's kind of weird sometimes, but I have the like as far as enlisted chain of command, best I know I've ever had. And our HM one, he is just the goat of like gift giving mm-hmm. in terms of like whenever people are leaving because like. He'll think heavy into it, ask everybody, and spare no expense as long as, like, it's going to fit the person. And they make some, like, worthwhile, and he'll engrave them with, like, our specific stuff. One time he mentioned, <coughs> or he got my buddy Matt, for his going away, a specific dagger that Matt had only mentioned, uh, like, one time. And because his, his grandfather was, like, Armenian. So it's an Armenian blade. It has a specific curve to it or whatever. <coughs> and that he was taught growing up that uh, you never give a gift without receiving something. So like even if it's like something of high value, something that his grandfather would do with him is that he would, hey, like as a little kid, he's like, here, take this penny or a quarter or whatever. It's like normally a penny. He said, all right want you to have this but you got to give me that penny so you give him the penny so he can give him this very nice thought out gift with no remorse of that like this was a gift it's like no this is a trade and you owe me nothing in life but just to like to be my grandson or whatever so we did that for him and like he's just like exceeded all expectations with every single gift he's given someone just like insanely good that's awesome um yeah as gay as it sounds it, it like truly is a pleasure no, it, my my love language is gift giving, mm-hmm. and my wife's like, I want more stuff. I just don't see the value in a very expensive ring. Like, can that <laughs> can that get you out of a ditch? You know, um, it. I wish I could do it for everybody, but I lose money on every single one. Mm-hmm. And like the homies that are special to me, I make sure um, I'm getting them something. Yeah. Uh, we got we got Huck a pretty fucking rad uh, K bar. Um, fuck. Uh, bayonet, yeah. Uh, put a pretty gnarly saying that almost doesn't fit a corman. It's like, may the only thing that quench the thirst of this blade is the blood of your enemies. <laughs> like that goes pretty hard. Um, I got some other things lined up, but uh, yeah. I, my wife's like, you're gonna give all these gifts, and no one's gonna be around to get you anything. It's like it's not about that. Like I just want these dudes, especially um, like Parker. You got something coming, and Sankey, you got something coming. These two dudes, they they didn't get tr- their pins. They did a fucking good job. They got yeah. a fucking solid job. Yep. 
And uh, I just want to make sure they feel it from somebody because a lot of these dudes just left in silence and it fucking, yeah. that, that, that irks me. I was insanely grateful for Benson and everybody who's involved in just uh, getting me the 2-1 flag. Mm-hmm. Because, like, leaving, I, I truly regret leaving 2-1 as soon as I did after deployment because it was, like, within three months, I think, of getting back mm-hmm. that I hopped over. And that was, like, one of the worst things for my m- mental health. And I had no, I didn't realize it because it was just isolation. So I'm very bad at not reaching out to, like, anybody mm-hmm. or, like, when I'm Same. actually, like, needing people or just, like, talking to friends who I feel for gratefully. It's just, like, out of sight, out of mind kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yep. But when Benson, like, brought me a flag with, like, uh, all of the corpsmen from the VA like, sign and stuff, yeah, yeah I, I really appreciate it, and I have that hanging up in my room now. I remember what I wrote. I'll have to look at it. Oh, wait. It, I can't. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah paraphrase. It was, paraphrase, mustache, it was yeah. like, something like, real, recognizes real, mustache yeah. thing, it's not a gay thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was proud of that. I really Man, thank you uh, for that. You did a badass job with Max's cross, bro. Dude, yes. Oh, yeah, Every time shit. I go up there, I want to text you. I want to. I know some of the times I, might I go have. up there today, dude. I'm feeling bro, good. That shit is like that shit's gonna stand the test of time, bro. That is like, immaculate. You made like the, you made the nice. standard. I think. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. I. Uh, oh. Like, I don't even look at the other crosses. Like, I'll just, like, it just, stand, <laughs> that's how good it is, bro. It just yeah. stands out. You it just, does. like, yeah. that's the, the like, when you come over that little hump before you're about to walk down, that's the first thing you see. You're just like, that's a nice fucking cross. Yeah. Getting to fix uh, the cover the other day on, on top of your shoulders. I'll uh-huh. be, Damn, this is amazing. Yeah. I'm honored. I don't, I don't know about the other ones. I know there was an eight by eight put right in front of it. Um, yeah. yeah. But I, another thing. That was pretty fucking rad. I wish I had fucking bought more. I don't know if my little Toyota could handle it, but I bought three 50-pound bags of concrete holding that motherfucker down. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you, Chandler, a couple of uh, the IDC Teeley, just like, give me a 50-pound bag of concrete. And I was just like, I only have three. And, like, people were kind of fighting over it. I was like, dude, we should have got, like, fucking six of these motherfuckers. <laughs> but there's 150 pounds. Like, I wanted to make sure that motherfucker wasn't going anywhere. Um, I didn't know him very well, but something I say is every time I interacted with him, he was always a fucking homie. Yeah. Like the first interaction I had with him, I was trying to fill out uh house, no baby leave. Mm-hmm. And he's <clears> like, oh, dude, hop on this computer. I'm like, oh, I was like, what's up with your neck tattoo? Like you straight edge? He's like, nah, dude, it's just, <laughs> it's just like, it's just a thing. I'm like, okay. And I saw him at the commissary. He's like wearing a fanny pack. With fucking Coke bottle glasses and shit, and just gave him like a head nod. Like, What's up, dude? And then uh, I, I ran into him twice in uh, Afghan. Um, first time I felt like such a fucking fag. So, Cat Blue, we didn't have a, like a mission for the first three days we were there. Cat Red got put on the inner gate before it was like wild, and uh, we were doing hood rat shit. We stole stole the army's fucking. JLVs and fucking we were Dude, we were fucking, fucking sick like yeah. in terms of the amount of shit we stopped. Yeah. We were we were trucking we we're trucking people from that gate into the you know the um uh, fucking terminal and uh I was out there just like trying to get a scope of the situation. I'm like handing out caffeine pills just straight ca- caffeine. I hand them to like some staff sergeants, some lieutenants, and like run into Max. I'm like, hey, dude, just take these. And I felt like such a douchebag. Like, nobody gonna use this shit. 
I run into him again. He's like, yo, dude, you got any more caffeine pills? That shit saved my life. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, let me check. And then another time, uh, I was just having a hard time. It was middle of the day, sun beating down. I'm just trying to make sure women and children got water. And my XO, like, bitched at me for having cuff sleeves. He's like, I know, Sergeant, I told you this morning, cat doesn't act that way. And I just, I just kind of looked at him, and I, I feel like this is an accurate quote. I was just like, sir, is that what we're worried about right now? And I walked away with, like, two, I'm not trying to, bra- like, two cases of water, and I ran into Max. And he's like, brother, you having a hard time? You need some help? I was like, if you want to help, do it. And he, he helped me with a couple cases, and, like, I was like, make sure the fucking fighting age males aren't taking it from the kids. And uh, I was last time I just you guys talk so much about how much of a fucking a homie that dude was and uh I still to me I remember like when you'd run ranges you'd see like true excitement in his eyes like he would go run with the boys and he'd just be happy you could just tell like he was about it and he was still bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and he's just happy to be with all his friends (laughs) shooting guns and I think that was one of our uh, squad attack ranges. They they crest, you know, that last movement we did. It was like a two, three-hour movement in contact. Yeah. And uh, we opened up on the targets. And that's one of the things I think the company commander was saying was, like, when we opened up on those targets, all I remember is fucking Doc coming up and just yeeting the fucking targets, <laughs> like, immediately. And I was like, hell yeah, dude, get some. <laughs> yeah. The first time I met him, he was a shithead. <laughs> like, I did not like him. All of my whole opinion was he was a shithead. <laughs> It was when I was staying in the barracks at Margarita next door to Matt and Tiller. Real quick, y'all were co-corpsmen, right? In the same, in the same, same company, same, Ooh. same platoon. No, that's no, Holly. Holly. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. But uh, first time I met Max, it was like cause when I first got here to division. Showed up at two one. I was neighbors with him, and I didn't know anybody, so I I wasn't gonna hang out with anybody that, from the BAS. So the only people I knew was my buddy that was down in F and TV. It was like after work, I would just drive down to fucking Del Mar, hang out with them, and go to the beach on the weekends or like after their whatever class bullshit. <coughs> and my buddy, my other buddy, Max, showed up because he was going to some flight school in Coronado. So I invited him up to the beach where everybody was at. And we're hanging out. I can remember Max just like there doing his thing. Everybody's like slowly drinking. Like towards the end of it, Max and Max end up getting into, like, uh, a scuffle just because of, like... I'm the better Max. <laughs> I can't remember what started. I do, that with, I do that with Blake, see? If I find a Blake, I will challenge him. <laughs> it's, like, a playful... It was, like, playful grappling is what it started out as. But, like, I was watching it happen, and I just watched him, Max, take advantage of my friend Max because my, my friend doesn't know anything about fighting. It's insanely obvious that Max did only fighting and like he was being just over the top aggressive and just kind of being a dickhead and so i was like dude this guy's kind of like a, a little shit and like eventually broke up that was the last i was like whatever i left and actually from that day max got so drunk that he had to get held back that was like a common thing for having tv though and uh i found a t-shirt later that was not bad and i took it back and not thinking anything of it. <clears throat> and, but the next time I saw Max was when he showed up in 29 Palms. And he was like, yeah, I'm like coming to 2-1. I was like, oh, shit. Hi, basically. He's like, oh, cool. And I found out he came to Golf Company. And I was like, 
my first opinion was like, man, this might be a work piece of work right here. We'll see. But he's like fucking awesome. And then one day, because he was neighbors to Matt and I, and I was wearing the shirt that I have, and it's a pink shirt. And he's like, where'd you get that shirt? <laughs> and I was like, I got to hit the beach at FMTV. He's like, that's my shirt. <laughs> and I was like, somebody left it behind. He's like, it's all right. You can just keep it. So I've had it, and I'll like work out it here that's and there. That's sick. It's a really good shirt. I'm not going to lie. That's I appreciate awesome, it, bro. <laughs> I don't really remember the first time, like, I've actually met him. But I know, like, my interactions with him are always, like, funny just because, like, it was, like, that, like, little brother, big brother type thing. And then, like, we're always talking shit to each other. Like, I think that's, like, when I first, like, fuck you, like, type shit. So, mm-hmm. and that's how I met a lot of my good friends. Oh, dude, it's that's like, how I meet most people. Yeah, like, it's either, <laughs> like, we fight or something. And then yeah. they just end up becoming, like, one of my, like, good friends. My and best friend. I think that's too. how like the interaction with him when I first met him. It's got to like, be over three thousand yeah. calories. So, <laughs> I think that's how we like first met. But he's always been like, "Hey, dude, he's like, hey, you need a ride? Like, he sees something that you need. He's like, hey, you need this, you need that, yeah. like, type of person." So that's what that's what I you know those few fe- interactions. That's what I got. It was, yeah. it was fucking Just down, dude. That's yeah. all. I hated him when I first met him, too. (laughs) (laughs) He was a... So, yeah, he got to us when we were doing ITX in 29 Palms. He was hanging out with the BAS at the time. And uh, it was during Phoenix. The Ford BAS took a nuke. Took a a nuke for some reason. Oh, it's a a fucking... uh, What's it called? um, So, the Coyotes... A notional Yeah. So, the Coyotes are like, you should go check this area, like, to my company commander. And he's like, all right, I'll push you out of patrol. So, we, we went to go see where the simulated noise came from and it was like the BAS four and a bunch of other battalion staff and they're just like, Yeah, they got nuked and they had triage cards and I was going through everyone's cards because there's like five casualties. Mm-hmm. All these dudes are all fucked up, urgent, whatever. And then Max had like a walking wounded one and I was like, Bro, you can walk. He's like, pick me up. I'm like, no. <laughs> like I just I just walked a mile out here in this fucking heat. You're fucking laying here all kind of you are walking. You Pick yourself up, you're walking. He's like, no, pick me up. I'm like, no, I fucking hate you. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> I was so angry at him. Get your ass up. You don't need help from me. <laughs> and, yeah, and then he found out he was coming to golf, and I met him again, and he's like, oh, hey. And I was like, oh, you're nice. It's <laughs> good. Yeah, dude, I haven't heard anything bad about that dude. But I just wanted to, you know, he his name wasn't on that plaque, and um, I have some skills. Uh are you talking about the battalions cross up there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The original yeah. one? It's like him and I think Noss isn't on that one yeah. as well. Uh, I wish I knew all those dudes better, but honestly, I never I never met any of them. And, uh, fuck, dude. Uh, a little bit of a funny story. I wanted to get in better shape, so I signed up for a marathon when I was drunk. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> tried, that sounds like work. Yeah. Dude, Chandler was just like, "You've been training?" I was like, "No, not not really." <laughs> and uh, dude, dude, I've seen Tiller when Tiller has gotten drunk. Like he's he's gotten drunk. Like, <laughs> alright, you convinced me. I do was a homie, man. Like, um, you know, we we had our issues. I know he didn't like me, and for 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 reasons I understand. And I I talked to him after. I'm still gonna fuck his ass. Do it. <laughs> um, you ever see this till I'm gonna beat your ass? <laughs> I I, t- I talked to him. Uh, I wanted to make sure I had a eye to eye conversation. Uh, I pride myself on telling people, you know, things I say about them to their face, whether it be good, bad, and different. Um, 
that dude was very helpful to me, uh, Chandler. Uh, I, I thought he kind of stayed true to that, like for the boys, making sure the right person, the right job, because he he was in the in the voting room when I became a senior line when they voted me in. But um, yeah, the, the way it came about is I signed up for this marathon when I was drunk, and I, I did some running, but I didn't do enough running, and it, it's somewhere up north. I showed up like 45 minutes late. It was like six in the morning and, uh, I, I get my, I'm like trying to like, where, where do I get my like runner tag or whatever? And the lady's like, Oh, well the half is about to start. I was like, no, I signed up for the full thing. She's like, buddy, you're in the fold. You're, you're, you're a little bit behind. Hope you can catch up and like looking at me. I'm pretty sure she know I, I wasn't. And like, I'm running, I'm, I'm running the marathon and they're, they're shutting down the, uh, you know, like official police road blockages as I'm running up. And they're like, no, nah, dude, it's not open anymore. You just take the half marathon. And I'm like, well, fuck, dude, I guess I'm doing the half marathon. And I fucking, I finish, I'm hurting. And I'm at a, I'm at a, like an Irish pub, you know, getting a, getting a beer and a burger. And I, I just get on the group chat and like, yeah, what, what's going on with this cross? Like, Who's taking lead? I, I need some, like, direction. Like, I, I have skills. And then Ace is like, sounds like you just signed up for, like, the head liaison. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, all Ace. right. And I'm like, how big we want to go? What do we want to do? And, um, you know, there was definitely some uh, some design, you know, conflicts of people wanted to wrap the whole thing in, in uh 550 cord. I was like, whew. I ain't got that skill. I don't know one thing about that. And I want to do a lot of different stuff. And yeah, I do want to segue. I'm very thankful for you because I think that we were talking about it and I really wanted to help out, but for some reason, like, my mind just wasn't. Yeah. I think I, that was a lot of people. I just, yeah. you know, I wanted to be like, he's taking charge. Like, I trust him, but, like, I probably should help. But, like, I just, I feel like I kind of, like, like I, I don't know. I didn't. You didn't want to believe, like. I don't know. Like, like I just. It was like it was like making me angry, but it was, mm-hmm. it wasn't making me angry. But I just I'm very thankful you took lead and you did everything you did because like when I finally saw like you know you at like eighty percent, I was like this is fucking badass. Like I, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I uh, I just happy to do a good job and I'm happy people are pleased with it. Um, uh, yeah, it was. I was definitely working some of my issues out, and um, I, I've definitely put a lot of that shit on the side and, you know, having these three podcasts with Gunny Tate has, has like pulled some of that stuff up and I'm thankful. Like I, I don't drink as much anymore, but, um, you know, I, I felt at certain times I was just like in an echo chamber of myself, like, can someone fucking help me? Yeah. And, you know, I, I got like wood burners and the chaplain would always be like, I'm a, I'm a wood burning expert. I'm gonna come help out. And he'd like, never show the fuck up. And I'm like, God <laughs> damn it. dude!" And then like, Old poor, poor Zuninga was like, I- I'll help. I-, I just don't, I know nothing. I was like, <laughs> I've made this stencil, like, just take this thing. And I had to pull, I had to pull Sean Mason off because he's still like such a ghetto ass. Like, dude, Mason, do not touch this thing again. <laughs> Your lines are all over the place. He's like, I'm just trying to help. I'm like, I fucking appreciate that. It's the education of the Philippines right now. <laughs> yeah. Lavasser showed up with oh, like a. He's from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lavasser showed up with like PPE goggles and like <laughs> some other shit and like trying to like, oh, I have this tool. I'm like, I'm not comfortable using a, a, a router. 
you're by all means. And he was apprehensious. And he's like, it'd probably be best if I just left you alone. I was like, I would really appreciate that. I'm not wearing these fucking goggles. Um, I'm just thankful that Castaneda bought treated wood or that thing would like be in not a good condition. And, you know, again, that, that gift giving, um, you know, I wish he could see it. Um, I just thought that was a really fucking cool thing. I wanted to, I'd only been to the crosses one time before that. It was before deployment. Um, I feel like we went up there like we went up I, on a mission, dude. Yeah, I feel like after like Max's cross went up there, like it was like a nonstop, like oh yeah, for a month straight mm-hmm. just going up there. Yeah. yeah, dude, that was that was our unit PT, and I was all about it. Was like, dude, I don't want to run your stupid fucking whatever you want to. We had this IDC show up, and he was motivated. Is that the one from? Uh, I'll bleep his name if you. But that's the one that replaced Castaneda. Yeah. I didn't really and he, he just, no, he did not have a good vibe at first <laughs> okay. until I started working with him with patience. It's like, I got to know him, but like, I remember walking past him a few times in the hallway and he didn't like want to introduce him. He, he just, he had a chip. He put fucking HM1 IDC FMF right on the fucking and IDC. One, one prior. So yeah. he, he knew our, he basically knew the story. So yeah. And, uh, wait, this is, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was prior? Yeah, he was prior 1-1. Yeah, he was yeah. prior 1-1. Oh, I heard he wasn't or some shit. Like he was only blue side, I guess. Um, he, was, he was senior line. Yeah, but he would run these motivated fucking three-mile runs and shit, getting us ready for PFA, whatever the fuck it's called in the Navy, uh, PRT. And uh, it was Ace was still around. He's like, we're going to the crosses. Bring a rock up for Max. And I was like, let's fucking do it, dude. Like, fuck yeah, man. That's That's what I liked, and that's... I, dude, I've lost so many t- toenails on that goddamn hill. Like, yeah. <laughs> coming down. That shit hurts, dude. I like being a little drunk coming down, so I don't feel it as much. Yeah. I, I cannot drink going up how people, no, some I don't people drink do. Going up. Like, once I have any amount of alcohol in me, like, all exercise ability is like, oh, God, stairs? I can't drink at all, up or coming down. I'm like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Been doing it at the top, which is tradition, yeah. but. Yeah. Dude, when I first got to Horno, like, there was, like, six crosses up there. And when we went up this past Memorial Day, I was like, dude, this has changed, like, a lot. Yeah. I got yeah. to do the a hike uh, safety coverage with Holly. And we ended up, all I knew was, like, hey, you want, I'm doing this uh, coverage with some Fallujah vets. You want to come help out? I'm like, yeah, dude, I'll do it with you. So we did it up the crosses. And, like, in the duration, I found out that all, all of them were prior to one golf. So, like, they're all our ancestors. Basically, oh, when I, I told them that, and they laughed. But, <laughs> and, like, just listening to them talk on the way up, I was like, holy shit. But uh, the corpsman that was there with us from back then, I can't remember his name. Oh, Fig is his name. <laughs> Fig. Uh, did you meet, did you get to I know Fig. Okay, yeah. you know Fig. Uh, uh. Ahmed was like, this dude's different. I was like, Ahmed, you're saying that? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. He was talking about how he was a safety coverage for the very first cross I was ever put up there. And it was brought up by a Chaps and, like, some other people. There's, like, and dudes in old BDUs, too, because they have, like, the pictures somewhere. Yeah, some I, yeah place. he showed me the pictures. And I was like, that's insane. It's he's, like the, he's the one who took the pictures. And it's, like, the largest cross. Yeah. And when you watch, you see these pictures, it's, like, four guys carrying it, like, yeah, the entire way. <laughs> they did, like, the real Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, like... like <laughs> There's Fuck. a body on it. Still wearing <laughs> yeah. black jungle boots when they were going up. Mm. Yeah, that was rad when all, 
like a bunch of you. You got out. You showed up. You were in Colorado. No, I think I was still in Arizona when we showed oh, up okay. to go to Max's. And um, I don't think you were out yet. I think I was out. When did we? When did we put? Was it like April, May of? Yeah, I'm so bad with time. It was in 22 that we did it. Yes. Damn. Like it was a little bit like right after I got out. I felt like because yeah, it was. I needed cast to bring me on to base. I do remember. Yeah, I was trying to. uh, (laughs) Chief Chief G got mad at me because I like. (laughs) I'm in charge of it. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to take initiative and shit. I was like, we need it. I'm also trying to like light a fire because I'm mm-hmm. like I'm like doing these like kind of rough therapy sessions like when I go in and I'm working on this thing, and you know people are like I got I'll be there and like no one's showing up to help me, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not saying no one people definitely help me, uh, but I'm just going through like a rough time and I'm getting pressure from like different you know higher chains of command. I was like, we're going up this date before you get out. And then just like Chief G comes over in the chat. Like, who the fuck put that out? <laughs> I was <laughs> like, yeah, dude, I'm trying to like make this shit happen. I, 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 and then it was like him and um, Castaneda went and communicated with him and like came and talked to me. He's like, hey, like we really appreciate what you're doing. Feel no pressure on a, on a timeline. Get it done right. And I was like, that, that helps a lot. Also, a bunch of these things we want to do is like looks like shit. So <laughs> I'm just gonna kind of do my thing. If someone really wants what they want done, they can come in and do it. But like, I'm gonna do it this way. I think it looks good and simple, and uh, I, I think it came out great. Um, I hundred percent agree. agree with that. Yeah, the X, the double X on the side. That I, was, that's ooh, sick, dude. That was icing on the cake right there. Cherry yeah. on the top, whatever. But. Yeah, the only thing that I was, like, I remember being frustrated about was them putting out, like, saying, hey, we just want to make this a BAS-only thing. We don't want, like, other That was another involved. point of contingency. Like, I had to talk to Casaneda about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I had, like that just really irked me because they, they just wanted to keep it silent when every, all the guys who, act, who also knew him. Yeah. And arguably knew him better than some of the people in the BAS. And I was, like, irritated that... I think it was chief that put it out put that out yeah so i talked to casaneda about that and he said the reason is because fucking military bullshit is like they had to do paperwork in order for like more than a certain amount of people are showing up on a military installation and i was just like are you i was like dude i'm i, I pulled the fuck, I, i'm an e4 like I'll, I'll build i'll build the fucking thing like yeah and um yeah i just it was such a fucking it was daunting, you know, buying, I thought, like, three three bags of concrete was, like, too much. And then just, like, the Gulf Marines just, like, showed the fuck up, mm-hmm. took it out of the back of Casaneda's truck, and just, like, I remember being, like, one of the last ones. I'm a fucking shitty hiker. And uh, just, like, looking up, and, like, that motherfucker's just, like, ascending. And, like, they had to stop him to take a picture. Yeah, and I was, was like, yo, this is fucking, this is rad, dude. Like, y'all came through. It was fucking sick. I do remember that last push on the last segment. It was, like, one of the only times I almost fell off that bitch because we were, like, running up that uh, Yeah, I remember I almost threw up because we were going, like, <laughs> such a high pace. No, we were, we were. on the way up. And that was, like. I remember carrying. I had to get, like, ask. I can't remember who one of my Marines. I had to get off, and I was, like. That's, that was like, yeah, we, we took it up, and I was like, dude, we're moving. And you see the dudes we're, we're pushing, and yeah. I, I just remember showing up to the bottom, too, when we got it from the BAS, put it in the back of Cass's truck, you know, we're riding it, like, 
and just seeing everyone there and they're like, hey, we're here to take it up and we just left, dude. Yeah, like, dude. Was that the same day that like the uh, pulleys were coming up? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was, yeah. I was, oh, I was talking shit. I was like, what are you gonna be? What are you gonna be? One dude's like an O three. I was like, oof, buddy, you're not, you're not, you're, you're not, not wrong place, wrong time. You'd be in the front, bud. So my buddy uh, Christopher Venditti is a squad leader for Fox. Uh, he was a recruiter for those pulleys, and he saw him. He's like, hey man, what's up? And he's like, I'm gonna haze these motherfuckers. And he was there yelling at all his pulleys. And I was like, dude, hell yeah. Like, were you there when Wilson showed himself? Yeah. We we're going down in uh, Wilson. Uh, who took? Uh, he had to get a clamshell done on him, so he's mm-hmm. like scarred the fuck up. Tr- he's like, what are you trying to be? What are you trying to be? Is then like one of his like, and he just lifted his shirt, showed the giant scar. He's like, <laughs> nice this is what you. He's like, this is what the fuck you want. <laughs> he's like, this is what you have to look forward to. Or he said something <laughs> like that. He's like, so be ready. I was like, <laughs> I think it's valuable. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's real. I th- I forgot what we were talking about earlier, but it brought up the fact that. I went to field med in, you know, 2012, and I felt like when I went to field med, there was still the pucker factor. Oh, yeah. That shit was, like, they're, like, our instructor's, like, hey, you guys could be going to Afghanistan. Like, you guys need to be fucking, like, ready. Like, this shit, like, you know, all our instructors were combat vets. We're digging holes with our hands. They're telling us to dig fighting positions and get low. <laughs> Probably could have got you a yeah. tool. <laughs> yeah, get low, get low, hug the ground. Yeah. But, they like, I remember just having that pucker factor that, like, oh, shit, like, this is, like, we can get killed out here. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's, like, a thing nowadays, but... It's definitely gone away. <laughs> yeah. In terms of, like, uh, just, like, I, I can see it just because, like, uh, in terms of, like, reality of the job. Like, I think it's gone for the the majority of the, the new corner that are coming in, our generation. It's just, like, because all they know is training ops and hospitals. And so, like, and there's no real talk of war Majority of the seniors are out. There's no stories yeah, out there hard anymore. The cadre are just all mu warriors, or just you know little two two stacks or little three stacks. They're not getting their yeah. ketchup and mustard yeah. ribbon anymore yeah. either. Yeah, it's just diff- it's a different time. But yeah, all mine were fucking all combat vets. With yeah, some type of valor award. One of my best mentors, Chaz Heron, poor dude couldn't pick up fucking <laughs> second class. Got kicked out of eight years when H three was eight years. <laughs> But uh, this dude had the best uh, Nam with Valor write-up I've ever read in my life. Firefighting Hellman ran out of water after a couple hours. He was in a mm-hmm. watermelon field. He was running around cutting watermelons for all his Marines while he was taking fire and running watermelons to his, his position, all his positions. that's some ingenuity. <laughs> dude, dude, like, one of the best Valor awards I've ever read in my life. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> suffered from severe VG yet. No. <laughs> but he's a uh, – it's just it's – just, it's like he's a dude that just left quietly. Like yeah, he wanted to yeah. stay in, just couldn't pick up second, and our cutoff was eight years back then. Yeah, man. And he was a bad test taker, and that was the only thing. Good dude, good corpsman, and he wanted to stay in it, but and it's just like he's gone, and he was like one of the most influential corpsmen I've ever had in my life because he was like my first senior corpsman. Yeah. And. Fuck, man. Did you go, you went west, west coast? Yeah. Did you go west coast? Or, no, you went east, east coast. Yeah, you went with Tui back then? Mm-hmm. What year did you go? Uh, 2018. 2018. I remember I had, you go east or west? Uh, west. West. I went in 2015, or very early 2015, like January. And I remember, I don't really remember the corpsman instructors, but I remember Sergeant Lentz, because he was just intimidating and scary as all get out. Yeah, he kind of talk like this. And like he would just <laughs> sit in the corner with his arms crossed, head down, and he'd be doing this. He was very fidgety. Yeah. And then I remember he was just tatted up. He had uh, spiders, spider webs on each <laughs> elbow. It's in the system, dude. Mm-hmm. And then 
uh, I remember there was some kid who had a spiderweb tattoo. And, like, I remember him pulling him to the side, and I happened to hear the conversation. He's like, where'd you get that tattoo? Where'd you get that tattoo? And he's like, oh, da, da, da. He's like, you know what that means? It means you killed someone. And he's like, well, that's, about no, like, it doesn't. That's, he said something <laughs> oh, along the lines like, it has some, like, meaning. So it's like, and, like, just gave him a talk or some stuff like that. But, like, that dude was just, like, always, like, intimidatingly creepy because he mm-hmm. didn't talk or anything like that. This, sorry to tangent. Uh, a spiderweb tattoo is for people that have been incarcerated, and it means they're stuck in the system. And so it also kind of works in, like, the military as well. It's like you're stuck in that fucking you're, I would also not stuck question in the that. Nah, dude, I mean. In the system that way. Yeah, dude. I'm not. Yeah. It was 10 years ago for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's all good. Well, shit, guys. I had, uh, his name was Sergeant Matthews. <laughs> Matthews. And that dude was Eight once a day. <laughs> yeah, that dude was, like, just the epitome of, like, what you would think a grunt would be. Because mm-hmm. he was just like that. When we went on our hikes, that horseshoe, sipping on a rip-it. And I'm just like, what is this guy doing? So, that guy was... Dude, there's like three of our instructors. One was a Marine. No, two, yeah, like two Marines. We're all in like the SACO program for drinking, <laughs> for drinking <laughs> while in the field and operating a government like white govy van. <laughs> like they showed up like halfway through. I'm like, oh shit, who's this guy? He's like, I'm newly promoted corporal. And they're like, oh fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, fucking. Yeah, uh, corporal Ortega just looked like a, a monkey. And this dude would take us on our flak runs, and he was just running. He was just dumb as fuck, but he was a great instructor in terms of the tactics. That's sick. Yeah, <laughs> just fucking cheers to that. Well, fellas, we're at three hours twenty eight minutes. Oh jeez, I didn't even think that that should just fly. We can by. keep yeah. going. Yeah. We can. It does not feel like it goes yeah. that no, long. Dude. That's yeah. So. uh... <clears throat> Hopefully to sum up like what I said, when I got back from deployment, they're like, hey, if you guys want to do interviews, just like run it past us. We'll tell you like what's classified and not. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you see all these battalion XO and shit like doing their interviews and shit. (laughs) And then, you know, I think it's really good to talk about any of this stuff. Uh, You know, I kind of started this. One of the reasons I started this podcast is I was looking to get into the Navy. and I I failed for my hearing because machine guns. I was like looking on Reddit and like people like you shouldn't be joining the military if you can't hear you're gonna kill people. And I was <laughs> like, all right, you know, I was just looking for some information and you know we're the we're the regular operators and good perspective. Pretty much everybody. I had one one veteran uh, come in last podcast and you know just the real perspective of like what it is and uh, you know we don't need no official. The fuck. Anyway, you know, I always ask people to come on, and I just got asked to come on something else. I'm like, oh, dude, I fucking got this, like, this, like, these willies. So I appreciate y'all taking the step to fucking come here and do this thing. And, uh, you know, yeah. cheers, boys. Cheers. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Yeah, thank you.